following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Lucha Outsider Show, episode 179. I am the heel, the seals, the deal, the villain, the stage, chilling, the anti-hero, the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And I'm joined by my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the LOC. Now I do it when we're not even on Facebook Live. <laughs> He is a sh- I'm doing the hat. <laughs> right. He is a straight shooter on Twitter, and when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar. Our double from the Mean Strings from Long Island. What's up, man? Happy Saturday. Well, I mean, if you're listening to this, happy Sunday. But right now, it's happy Saturday as we're recording this. Well, well, who knows? Because it all depends how quick I can edit this after we're done recording. Because we're not on Facebook Live. We're not with Leo. Leo's busy doing so many things that I'm going to get to in a little bit. But due to some scheduling, you're a busy guy too. And we're like, you know, fuck it. Let's just record something on Saturday and we'll drop it maybe later today, which is Saturday. Or maybe we'll drop Sunday morning. We're not sure, but everybody's busy. Uh, but how you doing, Ryan? Yeah, man, I'm good. You know, sometimes life gets in the way, but that ain't stopping us from giving our audience something, you know? So uh, hopefully all these people out there are grateful that we're still doing a podcast in some capacity this week. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Didn't want to not do one, you know, after missing one. Was it like two weeks ago already at this point? So uh, right. yeah, man, I'm ready to go. Like I said, sometimes we got to call an audible. You got to shift a little bit, but we're still here. All right. Give me a minute, Ryan, because just because we're not on Facebook Live doesn't mean I'm going to not do my shtick. So give me a minute. Oh, no. Hashtag, it's Red Bull time while you're sipping on tea, coffee, water. Water. Yeah, H2O, baby. Water. H2O. Hey, you gotta be hydrated. It's getting hot out there. Bro, we haven't done this in a while, but unfortunately, we have to start the show with some bad news. I knew that. I knew that was gonna come this week. Our um, streak is over. Oh, dude. New Jack passed away, man. And it's so... I don't want to say ironic. You know, Dark Side of the Ring is back with a brand new season, and New Jack's episode was on season two, and it made such a big impact in the series Dark Side of the Ring, and you really got to know the trials and tribulations, whether they were good or bad with New Jack. And, you know, in many ways, a legend passed away yesterday. He suffered a heart attack, and it's it's sad, man. It's sad. I think after watching the New Jack episode, I think there was a lot of mixed feelings, like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit, or some people's like, listen, at the end of the day, no matter what opinion you have on the guy, he's a real dude, and he never changed for anyone. So I guess you could relate to him in that sense. But I think it's a, overall, it is a sad day in wrestling, just for everything he gave to the business and 
his character was ahead of his time when he debuted back in um in Jim Cornette's promotion. What is that? Uh, I forget this guy's promotion. Uh, fucking um, shit! I forgot the promotion. That's how much I dislike Jim Cornette. Well, I was gonna say he's so irrelevant to my life that I just kind of. I mean, I. Shit, I'm I'm blanking out too. All right, well, let's focus on let's focus on New Jack. But yeah, he passed away, bro. He passed away, man. Yeah, it's sad. You know, uh, obviously, if you watch that Dark Side of the Ring episode, you know what a maniac this guy was. But <laughs> again, it doesn't it doesn't take away from the fact that it's still sad that he passed away at such a young age, too. I mean, uh, you know, you never want to see that happen. I, it caught me off guard, obviously, because uh, you know. He wasn't sick or anything. It just kind of, just kind of just happened. Right. And um, sad news, you know. Never want to see this kind of stuff happen to anybody. And may he rest in peace. But uh, you know, I just saw that James Storm. I think tweeted out before uh, that he just saw him at the airport a couple of days ago. Had a great conversation with him, and then a couple of days later, he's gone. So it's just another reminder. I mean, you know, you always get reminders like this when things like this happen. But don't take life for granted, man. Every single day is a gift, and you know, you just never know what's going to happen tomorrow tomorrow is not guaranteed so rest in peace new jack it's you know regardless of what you thought of him mm-hmm. or you know anything like that it's still really really sad and it's smoky mountain wrestling smoky mountain <laughs> yeah. I, I, I i can't believe i drew a blank but you know that's how much i'm not a fan of cornet that it just kind of like went over my head yeah yeah me too i don't pay attention to cornet or anything involving him anymore so <laughs> All right, and more some unfortunate news. L.A. Park, uh, he's battling a bad case of pneumonia right now. You know, he's a uh, he's currently with MLW, and obviously he does like other promotions like AAA and other like Lucha Libre promotions. But you know, like L.A. Park, which is the original La Parka, he's up there in age. So you know, someone like that getting pneumonia, especially with the type of uh, work that he does and, you know, his body's not up in par, if that makes any sense. So, you know, him having a case of pneumonia, it's it's pretty serious. So hopefully he could uh, kick out of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did hear about that. Let's hope he does. Uh, let's hope he pulls through because, you know, and I know people that have passed from pneumonia. You know, it's it's a serious, serious players in the world for him. And, uh, yeah, let's just pray and hope that he gets better. Uh, quick thing, uh, Ryan, I'll probably edit this out on the podcast, or maybe I'll leave it here. <laughs> I don't know yet. I haven't, I haven't made up my mind. You sound a, just a little bit, just a tad bit choppy at times. Just a tad bit. Just a little bit. FYI. Okay. Just FYI, um, FYI on that. All um, right, dude. I'm going to connect both of these because it's very interesting that both of these rumors came out this week. Andrade. Andrade, it's coming out this week that Andrade has been having talks with AEW. This is coming right after his Triple uh, A vignette. So they kind of connect there. What's your thoughts of Andrade possibly showing up in AEW? Oh, man. <laughs> Excitement, uh, for one. You know, obviously, this is the place that. I'm sure a lot of people want him to go to. We talked in length about this when he got released that AEW is not like the, our desired destination for him. I think New Japan is more up his alley and that's and what where I he's want. going with AAA and um, Ring of Honor, possibly, you know, but obviously goes to AEW, man, I ain't going to complain. That's so many exciting matchups there for him. Um, right. is, is he going to get pushed to the top there? Maybe over time, but the roster is just so stacked right now that he's not just going to walk through the door and instantly be a top star. Um, I mean, who knows? You know, I don't know that for sure. I'm just assuming going by how big the roster is. But nonetheless, man, I would love Andrade in AEW. And um, unfortunately, I'm sure we'll get into this. I don't know if this, this probably could be a good segue, but 
Uh, we'll probably get to it in a little bit, but we want to see Zelina Vega with him. That's why. Like <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know. That's why that's why I made the the I made like these two stories that came out because there's a connection there. But just really quick on Andrade. Oh, okay, my, that's what you're talking. About. Yeah. So what I want as a fan, I want him to show up in New Japan. That's what I want. Uh, oh, just yeah. for the simple fact that as much as I love the AEW product, their roster's just so stacked, man. And there's just so many people in there where that's one of my biggest criticisms on AEW. They don't really all get spotlighted like they should be. I don't want Andrade just to show up there and just be another number. Now, if he's if he shows up. In AEW, where it's like a per appearance deal, or where he's coming there to represent, like let's say a AAA or like a New Japan or what other promotion he shows up. Like let's say if he shows up there now on a full time basis, I actually would enjoy that more because he could just show up, he'll get like a big match, and you you know he gets a he gets paid for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if AEW would do that though, but I mean, yeah, I, I would love to see him go to like a bunch of different promotions before he settles down to just one mm-hmm. uh you know just because there's so many dream matches in every single company um you know th- this goes for like anybody really like this went for like john moxley too right I and mean, luckily we have been getting a lot of dream matches with john moxley outside of aew uh, so i'm not going to complain about that but when he first got released i said to myself i said you know i don't mind him showing up in aew and that's obviously was way before aew had the tv deal or anything so he could just show up at the, the pay-per-view events that they did that summer and then still go elsewhere and i wanted to see him you know go to impact to go to ring of honor go to new japan obviously he's only gone to new japan and dipped his toe in, in the independence with like gcw and stuff mm-hmm. um but i would like to see the same thing with andrade because settling down to one company if it is aew i, I just feel like you know, of course, with the Forbidden Tour, he can go to New Japan, he can go to Impact, but I just want to make sure he can do that, because if not, I mean, like I said, not not that there's not dream matches in AEW, but there's so much outside of AEW that he could do as well. Yeah, dude. I just, I just feel like him signing a full-time deal with AEW, I'm not saying it's, like, questionable or anything like that, but it's just more like, I just don't want, I really, like, my fear is I don't want him to just appear, like, on Elevation and Dark. That's not what I want. But uh, I, I, yeah, no way. That's not what I want, especially with someone like Andrade. But also, like, we've seen, like, guys like Laredo Kid pop up in AEW, and that's, like, a, a per-time appearance deal or for, like, a match here and there. So I think they could work out on a deal with Andrade where they could do something like that, especially now with, like, the Forbidden Door being wide open for everyone. Yeah, I'm sure they could do something, dude. I'm sure Tony Khan... Uh, you know, if Andrade tells him, you know, what he wants and what he wants to do, and if he, you know, I'm sure they'll work out some sort of deal. I mean, maybe he comes in as an attraction like a Laredo kid, um, you know, like we've seen with other people. I don't know. I, I mean, listen, I just, I don't, I could see him signing with AEW, but again, I just feel like if so, like I said, as a fan of him, it's just, I don't even want to say it's going to suck. It's just going to be a little disappointing because, again, you want to see uh, all these other things outside of AEW. And, you know, I'm, I don't watch Ring of Honor. We, we sit here and we shit on Ring of Honor a lot of the time. But I would love to see him with Roosh in in Ring of Honor with that stable, um, you know, I forget what it's called. Uh, it's like L.I.J., but I think it's some something with an F. I don't really follow Ring of Honor, but I would love to see him there as well because I think that would be a lot of fun. And that might might get me to tune in to a Ring of Honor just to see Andrade there. So 
I don't know. Like we said, I'm sure Tony Khan and him will work something out, but it's definitely interesting if they're in talks, and we'll see where Andrade pops up next, because outside of Kenny Omega match with the Triple H show, um, he hasn't really popped up anywhere else, and, and definitely nowhere in the States yet, so it's going to get exciting pretty soon. Yeah, man, especially with this uh, uh, possible, most likely Triple Mania match that's going to happen between Andrade and, and Kenny Omega. You know, like, I hate to say this, you know, because I know some of the peckerheads are going to get pissed off when I say this, right? uh, but outside WWE, everything looks exciting, but there's some exciting stuff going on with the WWE. Um, I don't want to focus so much on WWE right now, but I will mention this, you know, connections with Andrade, the Zelina Vega rumor came out that she's apparently recording some type of... Um, She's recording something with WWE related, and it looks like WWE wants Zelina Vega back. Um, there's this account that that follows us on Lucha Outsiders on Instagram, and I would follow. I'm I'm very picky on who I follow, but I was like, okay, it's a podcast or whatever, so you know they're always posting content, so you know we got to support one another, and I try to have that type of mentality, even though a lot of people are so fucking annoying. And when this report came out this person posted something like oh all those people that are talking crap about WWE, you guys must feel like like you know complete idiots now because they're gonna bring her back and i'm like just because they're bringing her back and they're doing right by zelina vega potentially now this is all potentially this is all speculation that she is going to return to the company right just because they're doing right by her doesn't mean that they don't get the congratulations for how they got rid of her to begin with of course, she should have never left. She should have still been there. Right. Yeah. There's, no, dude. Uh, there's so many people that try to go the extra mile to defend WWE. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, you know, them when it's when it's warranted. You know, there's a lot of unfair criticisms with every wrestling company out there. WWE like the general consensus is that everything that the wwe does is bad everything that they do is negative let's just shit on them for literally every little thing that they do and that's unfair because they do do stuff that that's good you know i'm not gonna sit here and shit on everything that they do but this in this case i'm going to shit on it because she should have never left uh yeah she she spoke her mind and good on her but you know wwe should have never implemented that rule about the third party bullshit uh, and take something away from somebody like her, uh, something that she really enjoyed doing, uh, you know, for no reason, you know, and she, it, this is, uh, so when did she get released? This was in, I want to say, was it this year or was it the tail end of last year? I don't want to believe it was at the tail end of last year in like November or something like that. I think and it was, was a, I, yeah, I think it was the tail end of last year. I'm almost positive it was the and tail was, end of last year. And she was peer, appearing on TV a lot. She was in a title match with Asuka. I mean, she was relevant on TV. And to just get rid of her like that, one of their biggest assets, one of the best managers. I right. mean, she played her role better better than anybody. And, you know, it's just to get rid of her just because she spoke her mind. Literally, that was, that was just comical. Five minutes after she tweeted what she tweeted about unionization, they released her. And that's just garbage, man. And uh, now, what is it, seven months later, now they're bringing her back? Good. I'm right. glad they're bringing her back. Uh, you know, of course, money talks, and I'm sure that, you know, she ha she was sour when they released her, but she didn't care. Uh, she wanted to move on, and then I guess they offered her a, a good deal that she couldn't, you know, refuse. She wants to return. Good for her. I don't know if any other wrestling company was interested because she didn't appear anywhere during these past seven months. Um, I'm happy that she's going to be coming back. 
Uh, we'll see what type of roles that they use her in because no Andrade this time. So unless she manages Angel Garza or somebody like a Santos Escobar, which he really does not need a manager here, but who knows? Uh, I'm curious to see what Zelina Vega does, but the fact of the matter is she should have never been released in the first place. But I don't know if WWE has softened up on their rules for third party stuff. Apparently, somebody said on, on my timeline the other day that she hasn't streamed in a while. I mean, I would never notice that because I don't follow that kind of stuff. Right. But who knows what's going on? So it's definitely interesting stuff and, and not something I saw coming. I, I did not think they would bring her back. But hey, you know what? WWE brings back everybody. I mean, Christ, they're bringing back Eva Marie. So nobody <laughs> when it comes to... Uh, <laughs> you know, the possibility of getting brought back. You know what's interesting? Now that you're mentioning all this, wasn't there a report like maybe a month or two ago that she signed a deal? Yeah, yeah, there was. That uh, she signed a deal with... It wasn't even confirmed to be a right. wrestling promotion either. Maybe she low-key signed a deal with WWE and this is just all like a work in progress. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Like I said, I'm curious to see she signs a deal to come back. What's the deal? And, like, you know, is she going to come back in the same role as a manager? Because, again, towards the tail end of her run, she was becoming a wrestler. And let's be honest, she's not the greatest wrestler, okay? I'm not a huge fan of her in-ring work. Um, but, again, I, I just, I mean, I'm sure they could find a role for her. I mean, how could you not? She's a huge asset to any company that she could sign to. I really thought she was going to go back to Impact, to be honest. But I guess WWE swooped in there, and I guess we'll see when she appears on television. Who knows? I don't know what she's filming at the Performance Center, but Dave Meltzer confirmed that it's true. Sean Rossap with Fightful was reporting it as well, so I'll, I'll believe them over anybody. So, yeah, I guess it's only a matter of time before we see Zelina Vega back on our TVs. And, uh, definitely happy about that yeah dude uh i I'm, I'm happy that wwe is doing if this all ends up happening like we're all speculating right now i'm happy that wwe is doing right by zelina who knows listening to bust it open around this time this uh, release happened with zelina vega i remember mark henry and bubba ray dudley were saying how it all depends on how you work out your contract meaning if you have a clause in your contract saying i am free to do what i want and let's say twitch or whatever avenue she chooses to do stuff as long as in these type of guidelines they can make that contract work pretty much so maybe they worked out a deal where you know she doesn't have to give that up now with that being said you're gonna have all these other wrestlers that you know that do twitch and all these other third-party like avenues and stuff they're gonna be like okay now i want my cut and i want to work this into my deal like a guy like aj styles when you know tiktok his contract i think is up like Within like the next year or so, which I'm hoping he does go to AEW, but that's another story for another day. If this is the deal that Zelina Vega does work out with WWE, you know all these other people that do Twitch and streaming and all, all these other third-party avenues, they're going to be pressing hard on WWE to say, I want this worked out on my deal. Yeah, yeah, totally. I Listen, it was a stupid thing to begin with. They should have never taken it away from these guys and gals to begin with. It's just ridiculous, you know? As long as you have them signed to your company, they're appearing on your TV show, they're getting you your ratings, the merchandise, whatever you want. Why is it an issue if they do something on the side for themselves, for, for that fan base, you know? Why can't they do something that they enjoy while being signed to your company? I'll never understand. It just seems like, you know, and, and I do understand Vince Vince's part a little bit. I know he doesn't want them necessarily making all this money off of their WWE names on the side. I get that stuff. He has a point there. 
But I just feel like there's a better way to go about this. And I don't know what better way that is, but I'm sure there is some way. When all that stuff came out, I just thought it was ridiculous. And let's hope he's over it. You know, yeah, Selena can continue doing what she does. And I think AJ Styles is another one who does it. Uh, Paige, I don't even know if Paige is under contract anymore, but even still... Uh, you take, it's even more ridiculous to take something away from her. She's not even on your TV show. I mean, what's she supposed to do? Sit home and stare at the wall and, and collect the WWE paycheck? Like, it's just ridiculous. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. And, uh, yeah, there will be a lot of pressure if, in fact, this isn't under Zelina's new contract. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of other wrestlers are going to feel like they want that as well, and they should. So, I guess we'll have to see how this story plays out. If she does return to the WWE, I hope, you know, they treat her right and she gets, like, a, a top role, whether that's a manager or manager role slash in-ring performer. We got to wait and see, but who knows? We, we This story is just, uh, you know, we got to wait to how this story progresses, dude. How, how about how about if she manages Aleister Black? I would like that. Just based on his, um, you know, his vignettes that we've been getting lately. Yeah, I do. I think that could work. I really do. And, you know, husband and wife, their chemistry might be, might be, you know, there. Dude, that's a pairing I would definitely be interested in. I saw somebody put that on Twitter and I was like, okay, okay. I would definitely like that. So, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, dude. We got to wait and see. All right, let's see. Where are we going to go from here? All right. More on the rumor front. Bea Priestley. There's rumors coming out that she might go to NXT UK. And I think this is... This is probably a good and smart move for her because she's going to get fucking paid if she goes to NXT UK. What I'm more interested about this potential NXT UK debut for Bia, what does that mean for Osprey somewhere down the line? Um, yeah, I don't know. Good question. Honestly, I don't see him really ever going to the WWE. Definitely not going to uh, NXT UK. I mean, Christ, if he went there, I just I feel like everything that he has done over his career would just turn to shit. I mean, that place is just the land of irrelevancy. No offense to anybody there and anybody who watches that. I don't know how many fans actually watch NXT UK weekly uh, or follow that product. But I don't know, man. I really could see Osprey just being a New Japan lifer, as weird as that it is to say. Dude, I'm all, full, I'm really all for him being a New Japan lifer. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, me too. Totally, 100%. But I don't know, man. I just can't see him ever going to the WWE. I, I'm really surprised B is going there, to be honest. Uh, and good for her. Like you said, she's getting paid. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yep. I'm happy I'm happy in that aspect. Yep. But man, I just feel like NXT UK is just... <laughs> it's just too irrelevant, man. Like, it's sad. Like, I'm a little sad, not gonna lie. <laughs> she went from being... She went from being on AEW, right, right on TNT... Being seen, uh, of course, you didn't have a great run there because it was cut short. Yep. To NXT UK on the WWE Network on Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. Uh, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, you know, Dave Meltzer was reporting that, you know, he was saying a lot of her friends are there, like uh, Kaylee Ray and Piper Niven. Right. And, you know, it just, that's great. And I'm, I'm, I hope she's happy. And like you said, getting paid is the number one thing. And, you know, what more was she going to do in stardom, I guess? And if AEW's not bringing her back, well, what's really her options? If WWE's offering her that contract, if you're her, you're going to take it. So I totally get that and understand. Mm -hmm. But as a fan, from a fan standpoint, not going to lie, it's a little depressing. Let me ask you a question. With with Bia going to to NXT UK and stuff, and I guess things 
somehow we're we're starting to get really now, and we and we I feel like we say this like often in in our episodes that we're kind of like in the tail end of this pandemic and stuff, right? Yep. I feel pre-pandemic, before the pandemic even started, I think NXT UK was at a great place. I feel like NXT UK takeovers were fucking amazing. I remember remember All Out weekend, the first All Out we got, it was All Out at night, it was NXT UK like at 3 o'clock, and then it was like a New Japan show like early that morning. Like It was like a trifecta of great shows. And I remember that NXT UK show, that takeover, I thought it was fucking amazing. You know, due to the pandemic, everything slowed down and no dig to the talent or even the show. But like, in my opinion, NXT UK right now is just unwatchable because they don't even have like a Thunderdome aspect, right? So I I feel like once we start getting fans in there, I think programming is going to change for the better. I mean, I hope so. And I definitely agree with you on the takeovers. The takeovers are phenomenal. I mean, I don't watch that product at all, but when it comes to a takeover, I am all in. I've seen every single one that they've done, which is not many. But I think the problem, though, too, is like, you know, even I'm, I'm talking about like, so the pre-pandemic, what you're talking about, that all-out weekend when they had that takeover. So they had that takeover, and then they had another one, like, in January. Like, they just they don't have them as right. often as regular NXT does, and that hurts, too. Right. Because if they right. have one every few months, I mean, I would watch every single one, and I think a lot of people would. It would get a lot of buzz. It would get a lot of hype. I just feel like that huge gap in between those takeovers really, really hurts the product. Yeah. Uh, and, and to me... It's just another progress. It really is progress 2.0. And, you know, you see the same guys there, the same guys feuding in NXT UK like they did in progress. If you followed progress before that, you know, like I did, I, yeah. I used to be a big progress guy. Um, you know, people who haven't, then okay, then they're, they, they're getting something totally new to them in NXT UK. But to me, it's just like sad. And guys like Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, Mm -hmm. and I know we're still in the pandemic, so obviously that plays a part. Right. But man, dude, I want to see these guys on Raw and SmackDown. I really do. I want to see Tyler Bate versus Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, or, or, you know, uh, Seth Rollins, or something like that. Like, what is he doing? He's wasting his time in NXT UK fighting these same dudes that he's been fighting for years. Right. I mean, I don't know if he wants to move to the States or whatnot, but man, dude, Tyler Bate is one guy that's so damn talented. I need to see this guy on national TV every single week. Uh, and right now on the network, he's just getting wasted away. And I don't know. Like I said, I not that the product is bad, the, the, like the wrestling-wise, and the takeovers are great. But to me, I mean, I, I, I can't sit there and, and dive into NXT UK any, every week. I just can't. Yeah, I do get what you're saying about the, the progress on NXT UK connection. Because NXT UK is just pretty much progress on steroids when it was up and running yeah yeah and, and I, I i just don't like that they basically adopted progress created their own brand and you know <laughs> that's dude i just i'm like i said i I've, it's i a, wasn't a fan of the idea from the from the start it's progress and you just sprinkle a little bit of icw there exactly exactly yeah it's just it's it's a lot of the stuff we've seen already well i've seen i'm sure you've seen too and it's just to me it's just not really all that appealing but Hey, you know what? I watched, I guess this was recently, when Kaylee Ray defended against Miko Satamora for the uh, Women's Championship. Yeah. I watched that. That was good. So if B. Priestley is in there with Kaylee Ray, 
I'll definitely watch that match. Like, like I'll watch matches here and there right. that I hear are good, but I'm not going to sit there and invest in the product yeah. and watch every single week. And, you know, I, I just I can't do it. Especially with no crowd or whatever. It's already bad enough that we still have, like, the Thunderdome and then some, like, Impact has no crowd. They have to pipe in crowd noise or whatever. So then it's like you got to watch another product that is just has no fans or whatever. It's just tough. It's tough. So I, I get what you're saying. Hopefully now that we're somewhat of a tail end of what's going on in the world, you know, just UK in general can start, like, you know, in smaller capacity, start getting fans in there, and, you know, maybe the product will be a little bit more enjoyable. I hope so. I, I, I hope so, more so for that talent over there, because, like I said, it, it, uh, it got, it, it's just unbelievable. But, you know, again, I just feel like I'd like to see some of these guys come over to the States, and, uh, you know, Tyler Bate is one of those guys that I'm just, I, he's so young, so talented, I can't believe he has not been on Raw or SmackDown yet. All right, dude, let's talk about more rumors. Big big rumor mill to start off the show this week. Big rumor mill. SummerSlam, bro, there was a very interesting rumor that came out about SummerSlam this week that could affect us. Everybody that lives, like, in the Northeast, or that's willing to travel in the Northeast, the rumor is SummerSlam could potentially be at Madison Square Garden. Ryan, what's your instant thought of this rumor when you first like read it or heard it? Uh, my instant thought was, yeah, I doubt that. That's literally my instant thoughts because I, man, I, I don't want to get my hopes up, dude. I really don't. This is a, <laughs> this is literally a, I'll believe it when I see it. That's it. Madison Square Garden has not hosted a pay-per-view since 2011 when they had the Survivor Series there. they It's very expensive to run that building. The ticket prices would be astronomical. I don't know how the social distancing would work there. I don't know if they do full capacity. I just feel like the likelihood of that is not high. But dude, you better believe if it's there, bro, we are there. No matter what. Yeah, man, I'm excited if this rumor ends up being true. So, you know, backstory. When I before the pandemic and when Sam and I were going to like wrestling shows heavy, like me and him would try to like try to get like some good tickets or I would do it or whatever. I don't know how you or Nick are when it comes to tickets on how grabbing tickets, but just based on those WrestleMania seats that you got, it sounds like you guys are legit with it. So I'm down. Anytime you're going to a show, like and I'm telling you, like, dude, I wanna go, I'll give you I'll PayPal you the money instantly <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I trust you definitely uh yeah dude we're, well we're, we're maniacs bro because you know just my thing is for like an event like a SummerSlam at the garden or like a wrestlemania you know i ain't getting no shit tickets bro i ain't just gonna be grateful <laughs> to be there man i am getting some good freaking seats bro if i'm boarding a plane good to go anywhere for a show something as special show at madison square garden i am getting good seats i will be on that shit on the website at like freaking dude i will be on like an hour before to get in that stupid virtual waiting room to be like right, right, right. first few people to, to be there but uh that would be very hectic to buy tickets for SummerSlam at madison square garden i'll tell you that right now but uh i don't know because there's a lot of rumors out there that's not the only one right. you know there's a lot of rumors over being in um i think i read phoenix uh, i read in texas but i don't know man they're just they're going to texas for wrestlemania man don't do don't do SummerSlam there uh, I could see it being in, in somewhere in California on the West Coast. Right. So that's why I'm not getting my hopes up completely yet. But it's definitely exciting. When, whenever you see Madison Square Garden attached to anything WWE-related, that's like a pay-per-view and not just like a, a live event or anything like that. It's definitely exciting. So uh, you're going to hate me when I tell you this. When it comes to buying tickets, 
sometimes I buy tickets, boom, I'll get them right away. Or, or I'm one of these assholes that goes to like one of these like StubHub or whatever and like wait sometimes for the last minute and get like a pretty good seat for like a cheap price. I did that for AEW Revolution. I was uh, like mid-level and I didn't pay full price for that ticket. I got like a really good deal on it for AEW Revolution in Chicago. And I've done that a lot. And you know, nine t I did it for um the WWE Evolution at uh, the Nassau Coliseum. I bought my ticket that day. And I had like floor seats, so uh, you know I'm usually I'm usually pretty good when it comes to ticket buying. Now, granted, I had floor seats, but I wasn't like really really close. But it was still floor seats, right? Sam, yeah. this guy spent I don't know how much, and he got like a fucking like he was like right there, you know. But that, but Sam, <laughs> but Sam's very bougie when it comes to tickets. Sometimes, like he wants to be like right there sometimes. Yeah, no, hey, if you can make that work and it pays off, I mean that's great. I don't mind doing that. Sometimes I just get a little stressed out right. just because like if I'm planning something, especially like, like, okay, like, like something like an evolution. I, I mean, I was there. Yeah. I, I bought my tickets during the pre-sale, but like something like that, where the, the Nassau uh, Coliseum is only 20 minutes away from where I live. Right. Uh, you know, like something like that, I wouldn't mind to, to wait at the last minute for, but like my thing is if I have, let's just say Chicago, right? I have flights booked. I got a hotel booked. I got a whole trip planned to right. go to Chicago for all out. Right? I don't know how I feel about taking the chance of potentially not getting a ticket or not getting the ticket or a seat that I want you right. know, for a show like that. Right. So that's just you know because actually me and my brother we uh, we went to all out 2019 uh, the first one in um, in Chicago with. Chris Jericho and Hangman So we didn't buy our tickets. We actually didn't have luck at the uh, the sale when it first went on sale. Mm -hmm. And then we said, okay, we're going to wait to buy it on StubHub. And then, you know, this was in June when they went on sale. And then it's July. We still haven't bought anything. August, we still haven't bought anything. And then, like, two weeks before, all out, uh, we're like, I said to him, I said, look, we got to buy something here. Like, or else we're, you know, going to be shit out of luck. And luckily, we got. A really, really good seats, not floor level, but 100 level um, for like $250, and it, it, it worked out. But like I said, I don't prefer to do that. But on occasions, you know, I don't mind if, you know, I know that I could get something. But sometimes it's a little risky, man. Yeah, it's definitely risky. And you mentioned All Out. I think that's a great transition. AEW, they're going to full capacity in Jacksonville, dude. Uh, Double or nothing is going to be at full capacity, and... There's a lot of rumors. Well, they did make announcements. They're going to start touring again. I think they got some Texas dates coming up. They're going to be in Miami or whatever. You know, following the bouncing ball here. You know, if I was a betting man, I'm almost positive All Out's going to be back in Chicago, dude. If that's the case, I think the Lucha Outsiders, as a unit, I don't know if Leo's going to go, but as a, as a, as a, as a duo... And, you know, probably throw in the Royal Ramble crew slash the, the, the Ramble Royale crew. I think we need to make an appearance in Chicago and meet up with our friends, the rest friends. Dude, 100%. I am completely planning that. Like, in my head, like, I am, I am, I have a tentative plan to go to Chicago for All Out. Like, I, it's got to happen because I think me and you talked, oof, well, this was around Revolution time. We, we said potentially... We would be down to hit up double or nothing in Jacksonville. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, it just didn't work out. I'm really, I got a lot of stuff going on that weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend is always tough for me compared to, like, Labor Day weekend when they do all out. Right. Labor Day weekend, is to me, is just, like, it's not really a big deal. Like, it's the end of the summer. I don't really do anything that weekend. But Memorial Day weekend is kind of like a, a big 
they, I always got some sort of plans. It's like my birthday weekend. This case, I'm starting a new job on that weekend. So it, it a double or nothing wasn't going to work out anyways. But I, I am ready and down for all out in Chicago because those trips to Chicago for Labor Day weekend for AEW, uh, I, well, I did one of them. Uh, freaking blast, dude. Absolute freaking blast. Um, actually, I did two of them if you want to call them in. That right. time, Gloria was around at the same time. But, dude. Chicago's awesome. Yeah, dude, count me in. Lucha Outsiders, Royal Ramble crew. I am 100% down, especially if they do, like, a uh, star cast. cast or something oh. like that, too. Yeah, because they're doing, like, a, a fan fest in, in Jacksonville uh, Memorial Day. I know, too, dude. So, when know. they announce that, I'm like, fuck, man, I would love to be out there. But also, just like you, there, there's just so much stuff going on, you know, some, some personal stuff that's going on. But I'm hoping by all out, you know, even if it's just, like, if I'm only out there for a hypothetical, like, four days, if I could take, like, that Friday off and then that Monday off, um, from work or whatever, you know, we could just spend a good four days there. I don't know how long you guys are going to stay out there. For me, I'll, you know, good four days. We can enjoy it. Hopefully there'll be a star cast. Like my goal, there's two goals I want when it comes to like star cast. One, I want a, a, a nice picture with Kenny Omega with, with the, the best bout machine. The other thing I want to do is me and Pentagon gear facing off with Pentagon. That is a must. That is a freaking <laughs> must. You have to do that, dude. Oh my God. I could easily picture myself, me being in Penta gear, and me doing the same walk Penta does when he comes into the ring to Penta just to get his reaction. Oh man, dude, I'm telling you, this has all got to happen, and I'm going to get it on film, and it's going to it's gonna go viral. It's got to. <laughs> it, it's got to. I, I need to see his reaction. I need, uh, dude, uh, you guys need to stand next to each other, and we need to like make a poll, and if people have to guess which one's the real pentagon and which one is you i've said this story a bunch of times like on the podcast how like we all hung out after full gear right so like let's say if the whole royal ramble crew is with us you guys are gonna hype me up or whatever and i'll fuck with y'all saying like cero miedo just to see pentagon's reaction dude the amount of people that i fucked with on my social media that legit still think i met pentagon because i didn't tell anybody psych that was just my buddy Dude, they really think I met I met Pentagon that weekend, bro. That picture that me and you took is absolutely iconic. And uh, dude, they, they, after that, man, some people were asking me how his English was, how cool he was. <laughs> I was making up all this shit, dude. It was hilarious. So that is a definite a definite must. After you did that, there, everybody was saying you have to be Pentagon with that. Uh, but like you said too, like hopefully by then, in, in uh, late August, early September, whenever Labor Day weekend falls on this year. Uh, hopefully, you know, with the vaccinations and everything, you know, we could meet wrestlers and do a meet and greet without masks and things like that, you know, because I, I, that's another thing, too. It's like, yeah, I would love to be in Jacksonville this weekend, but I just feel like a lot of the pictures with the wrestlers are still going to be with masks, possibly behind plexiglass still, right, you know, because right. it's a little too soon. And to me, that's just not worth it. No, I don't want to fly all the way over there for a fan fest to do that. And uh, also, too, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, Chicago. Compared to Jacksonville, Florida, I mean, God, I'd rather go to Chicago than Jacksonville. <laughs> so I am okay. I am more than okay right. with waiting for All Out because yeah, that is the next trip and show that I'm planning on going to. And if I end the year with going to WrestleMania and All Out and possibly nothing else, well, there's my AEW weekend. There's my WWE weekend. Dude, that's that's good enough for me, man. Yeah, dude, uh, I'm, I'm with you too. No disrespect to the Floridians that, that listen to our show or watch us on Facebook Live. We have love for y'all, but 
Florida's just another different animal. <laughs> Dude, especially Jacksonville. Jacksonville is like the armpit of Florida. It's, <laughs> it just is. I think a lot of people, I think big people that live in Jacksonville will probably tell you that too. Uh, it's, it's it's sad but true. I mean, what is there to do in Jacksonville? There's just nothing to do. Like Chicago, at least we got some deep dish pizza, man. Oh, bro, the food, the food in Chicago is amazing. I think I told you the story too. The, when I was hanging out with the rest of friends or whatever, I'm not big on like Mexican food like that or tacos or whatever. Oh, I'm, not, I, I'm not big on it, but that. they took me to this little, little hole in the wall Mexican restaurant. When I tell you those were the best tacos I've ever had in my life, they were legit the best I've ever had, bro. The, the food in, in, and Chicago's amazing, bro. Yeah, yeah, dude. It, it really is. Chicago's a great city. I love, like I said, I've only been there twice for short periods of time, which has yeah. been two short weekends, unfortunately, uh, just because work and everything. I wasn't able to take off as much as I wanted to. We'll see what happens this year. But, uh, dude, I love going to Chicago. I got some friends there myself. And um, I just think it would be a great weekend. It would be such a blast. And I just feel like all out, too. I mean, people would say double or nothing is like their WrestleMania, but I feel like all out is because. Yeah. I just, I, you know, that All Out show in 2019 where they crowned the first champion, stuff mm -hmm. like that, that was going to be uh, Moxley and, and Kenny before Mox got hurt. I just feel like they always stack that card, and it's just, like I said, that's on the radar for sure, bro. So I, I, I'm i getting hyped just talking about it, and we're only in May. So, <laughs> I know, but, dude. Oh, fingers crossed, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, too. I, I can see how people make the argument about Double or Nothing because that's technically, like, the sequel of All In, I do get that, but I think at the end of the day, All Out is their WrestleMania, and Double or Nothing is like more of their like SummerSlam. Yeah, 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 and you know, like whatever happens at Double or Nothing, like I feel like affects what what's going to happen throughout the summer and All Out like that, and All Out's like kind of like the, the payoff to all like the the summer feuds that are going to go on, and it's just like I said, I, I love that pay per view, I love that show, I love that weekend, so let's hope it's you know, okay, Conrad, fire up the Starcast, brother. Let's go, baby. Turkey tits. So let's get this StarCast <laughs> going in Chicago. Let's get, you know, uh, all-out tickets, and let's have a great weekend there, man. You had to throw you had to throw in the turkey tits dig oh, at Conrad? It, <laughs> it pops the shit out of me every single time MJF calls him turkey tits, bro. I, I love, I love Conrad so much, dude. He, uh, he just started a, a new podcast with Jared, bro. And listen, I'm not yeah. the biggest Jeff Jarrett guy. I don't dislike the guy either. I think he's, like, all right or whatever. Man... Two episodes in of his new podcast, he's such a great storyteller. It's so good. It's so good content. If you're like a wrestling historian and like hearing stories from back in the day or whatever, oh, dude, it is, he's a great storyteller. And, and Conrad is just awesome. I feel like anything he touches turns into gold. Yeah, yeah, he seems like a good dude. Uh, you know, StarCast has its problems at times. and But uh, he, he, all right, so it's a quick story. Uh, you know, when I went to when, that Full Gear weekend, I met uh, John Moxley at StarCast, and, you know, they the way they did the photos was, like, you get a code on the website, and they upload your photo there, and it's great. And it took me literally four days after the fact to get my photo with John Moxley, and I was, like, e yeah, emailing, uh, tweeting, and I'm in the DMs with StarCast, and literally, I'm like, where the hell's my photo? And they keep telling me, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> it never came. Four days after the fact, I'm trying to post it, for Christ's sake. And it finally comes, and I, you know, I'm bitching and moaning about it. And um, I guess if if Conrad's the one that that um, runs the Starcast Twitter, then you know, really hats off to him. He slid in the DMs on the Starcast account, and he was telling me he's so sorry about the experience. And uh, he sent me a care package to my house, full of full of junk. Let's be honest, I threw out half the shit. What a great guy! You know, it, but it, yeah, the I appreciated the um, you know 
the, the idea of that and and um it was just really cool like send me a t-shirt send me a like trading cards a couple of autographs things like that so it was really really cool for him to do if you know i'm sure he had a he had a say in that uh, so I, I respect him for that yeah uh one of uh conrad's right hand man is uh big dave silva nice guy uh conrad's like uh you know seconds i guess he's always like anytime conrad does like a live show with like whoever whether it's uh bruce pitcher from back in the day because you know he's not doing more live shows because of uh, WWE or like bischoff or jr or whoever tony Schiavone, silva's always there so it, it was probably him that that shifted to you but like you said conrad had to say obviously yeah yeah definitely so uh just yeah good good dude good guys and uh starcast like i said it's, it's a ton of fun if you've never been uh, like I said, it's a mess at times. Don't get me wrong. It's like WrestleMania access. If you've been there, you know there's good things and bad things. Right. Same goes to StarCast. But nonetheless, if you have an AEW weekend in Chicago, this got to be a StarCast. That's that. That's the whole point of this. So, All right, dude. You mentioned John Moxley, so we'll start with you know some of the recap on AEW this past week. John Moxley, he faced off with Nagata in a fucking great banger to start Dynamite. And he prayed tribute to Onita coming out to Wild Thing. I... At first, was like, wow, this is different. But then it hit me. I'm like, no, this guy's paying tribute to Onita. Uh, I thought it was a pretty cool little um, wink and a nod to Onita. And I also find it interesting because it came out this week. And I think that a lot of people, this went under the radar. But Onita announced that he's re- he's bringing back FMW, but in the form of FMWE. And their, their first show is supposed to be sometime this summer. I don't know how it's going to be streamed. I'm hoping it gets streamed on Fight so we could all watch it. Could we potentially see a death match between Onita and Moxie somewhere down the line? Uh, let me get your thoughts on that. But before we get before we talk about that, let's talk about this match between Nagata and Moxley. Yeah, it was it was hard hitting. It was um, exactly what I expected from both of those guys. To be honest, it it was short, it's sweet, and to the point. And I love that. You know, there was no no not dragged out. There wasn't a lot of bullshit. There was no filler. They didn't hit commercial. Like it was just exactly what you'd expect from from those two guys. And the whole presentation of it, I thought was so cool. First of all, they go on the air and they have the split screen yes. of, of Nagata with Mox, and I think that was so awesome. And then they show like the the entrances, like the the UFC style entrances, you know, uh, from the back. And I look, whenever they do that, they do that with Takeover sometimes too with NXT. Big, like, it just always, big fight it always feel. You up. Big fight feel, yeah, exactly. It just gets you amped following them backstage and i love that ren narita was there with uh with yuji nagata as well mm-hmm. uh it's so surreal to see him back on tnt and in aew ring uh you had rocky romero there which was really cool to see yeah uh, yep. you know as soon as wild thing hit you know mox walking out with his swagger and and, and uh eddie kingston right behind him i thought the whole thing was just so cool man i i, I got chills uh watching it i watched it back several times too i just th- i just thought it was so awesome and a lot of people were confused because uh, they didn't know if there was a nod to Onita. You know, I think they should have mentioned that a little bit more on the broadcast because a lot of people think this is Moxley's new theme song, but I, I do not see that. There's no way Tony Khan bought the rights to this song to, to for you know for that to be his permanent thing. Right. Uh, his his regular theme song, Unscripted Violence, is so good. And yes. if they did away with that, I'd be a little disappointed. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. Me too. But, you know, for a one-time thing, this was pretty freaking cool, man. What do you think of a potential Onita and Moxie match somewhere down the line? Uh, I would like to get Renee Young's thoughts on that. Uh, (laughs) 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 Oh, man. (laughs) And you know what, dude? Incredible. I I, I feel like we got to kind of segue from this real quick, you know, because... 
you know, we're talking about Deathmatch here, and we got, like, a really, really good Dark Side of the Ring with Nick Gage. Did you get to watch it? Oh, yeah. Yes, I watched it. I made sure to watch that, and I watched the filming one, too. I made sure I had to watch it before we recorded this week. Okay, so, um, all right, so before we talk about the Nick Gage stuff, uh, Pillman, what did you think of the Pillman episode? I thought it was, like, perfectly well done. Yeah, dude, it really was so well done. They... That, uh, these dark sides of the ring, man, they just do such a great job going into detail. They don't leave anything out. Uh, you learn things that I, you know, I didn't even realize. Every single time you watch Dark Side of the Ring, you learn something new. Uh, it definitely, like you said, gets you to want to root for Brian Pillman Jr. And you hope this guy gets pushed to the moon. Yep. You hope nothing but the best of this guy. You hope he just becomes a worldwide star. Um, man, yeah, just very, very powerful stuff. and. Um, I enjoyed the full two hours. I really did. I, I thought it was uh, just, like I said, just so well done, really. What and the- then I said to myself after it was over, how are they going to top this moving forward? <laughs> but then the Nick Gage one was just as good. Right. And, uh, man, dude, these just, I don't think I've seen a bad Dark Side of the Ring episode ever. Uh, before we talk about the Nick Gage episode, one last thing, the, the Brian Pillman episode. Like I said last week, I wish nothing but the best, not only for Brian Pillman Jr., but his two sisters, Brittany and Danny, yeah. they they all had it rough growing up. You know, they all had it rough. And it just goes to show you how much of a, a man Brian Pillman Jr. is, you know, even with all the trials and tribulations and everything he went through, which you really sympathize with him. And you're like, fuck, man, poor guy, whatever. He's still willing to, like, kind of... Uh, put that to aside to still have a relationship with his mother the mvp in that whole episode i think is aunt linda yeah yeah yep yeah she really was she was the glue of that family and you know i did a, a post on it and even uh not a post on it but i did a story on it and brian pillman jr actually reshared it how aunt linda became like everyone's aunt linda after watching that episode yeah yeah i remember you saying that when you were telling me about it before I watched it, and, um, yeah, dude, it's, it's incredible, uh, <laughs> I feel like she was my aunt, yeah, yeah exactly. like you, yeah, it, it, yeah, dude, I can't, can't say it better, like, I want to just give that woman a hug, yeah, I know, I really do, like, she, I, and you know what, I think even Pro Wrestling Tees made a shirt on Aunt Linda, did they, I, I'm almost positive they did, <laughs> I mean, hey, that's that would be a money maker. I people check that out. <laughs> Yo, oh like God. there was so much outpouring love and support for Aunt Linda. It, it was touching, like you said. Like you just wanted to go through the screen and just give her a hug because she was like, there's so much love there. You could tell how much she loves the kids, obviously, and she was the glue of the Pillman family. Yeah, I mean, somebody needed to be right, and it ended up being her. So, yeah, dude, so much respect for her, really. Yeah, shout out to Aunt Linda and the whole uh, Pillman family. Shout out. Shout out. Hopefully she's listening to this and, uh, <laughs> as we're putting her over. Yeah, I know, we're, bi- we're big Aunt Linda fans. Big Aunt <laughs> Linda fans. All right, Nick Gage, dude. Quick backstory. I didn't really start getting into, like, deathmatch wrestling heavy. I want to say, like, hardcore. Like, within the last three years, I'll say, like, late 2017 going into 2018, that's when I started really, really getting into it. Like, I knew, obviously, what it was. I would see clips online or, like, CZW. And even before, like, we all knew who John Moxley, Dean Ambrose was or whatever, like, I would always read the name, like, John Moxley and Nick Gage and wrestled, like, Wife Beater and 
and uh, Zandig and all these deathmatch wrestlers, right? You know, in on Combat Zone Wrestling and all this stuff. So, I, like, I would, like, read, like, I guess the dirt sheets. And I would read, okay, uh, CCW in Voorhees, New Jersey. This is the date on this. And I would read, like, what happened or whatever. Just to see, like, what talent is out there or whatever. Because at a deathmatch wrestling show, automatically you think, like, Every match is going to be a death match, and sometimes it's not. That's not the case, you know. There'll be some matches that are just regular matches, you know. Like Drew Gulak came from Com Combat Zone Wrestling, you know. So you you kind of have like a variety of different things. Yeah, maybe the main focus might be on deathmatch wrestling, but you get a variety of different things. But like I didn't, I never was really invested in the product until like I guess I was just starting to explore my avenues, and I'm like, okay, you know, deathmatch wrestling actually, while it wasn't my thing, and now I've kind of grown to like respect it more and have an interest in it it wasn't necessarily my thing a couple years ago but it, it is an art form you know um going back to like the 90s with like onita and even some of the stuff that mcfoley and terry funk did so this misconception like you don't have to be a fan of it but to say like oh deathmatch wrestlers are a joke and they shouldn't be taken seriously or whatever that's like a very ignorant way to view deathmatch wrestling because it is a different art form it's like different uh, uh genres of music right you know there's like rock there's heavy metal there's thrash metal you know there's so many different genres of music one you know you might prefer one music more than the other but just because you don't like this certain type of music that doesn't mean that it's not music there there's so, there's still a fan base towards that genre or that artist and i think that's the same thing goes for wrestling the nick gage story it's it's definitely interesting in the sense there's everything he went through, uh, his high school sweetheart still being with his high school sweetheart, you know, the life, the long uh, time girlfriend and him going to prison, his addiction with drugs and coming out of jail in recent years and being more popular than ever and him not even having fear to die and saying that he's willing to die in the ring, man. It's like, how can you not respect this guy? Like... You know, you could be like, oh, well, I'm not into deathmatch wrestling. Okay, that's fine. That's clean. You don't have to be into it or whatever. But, you know, to, to many levels, you got to respect this guy and be like how he's willing to do anything and everything for the fans. It's, it's really, it's really, uh, I guess it's a really touching story. Dude, I'm 100% with you. I am not a big deathmatch wrestling fan. Um, you know, I have not, I have not been to one GCW show ever. I know you, you go to a bunch of them. Um... Actually, that's, I mean, I went to Joe Janelle's spring break, but that's different. Um, but yeah, like the deathmatch thing is just not my thing. But that is not to say that I don't respect anybody who does that. And in Nick Gage's, you know, uh, in, in the form of Nick Gage, if there was no deathmatch wrestling, I don't know how he would survive in this business, to be honest, because he is a deathmatch wrestler. That's just the way it is. He fits that type of wrestling, that style better than anybody and that's his baby that's his thing and he's willing to die in the ring doing that for the fans who like you said are fans of deathmatch wrestling because there are fans that are you know like it's catered to a specific audience i mean this to say there's no fans of deathmatch wrestling would be completely false because we obviously know that there is right and um you know you have to respect what they do to their bodies in those matches with the glass with the light tubes with with all that crap, you know, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you might not like it, but they're still really bleeding from that crap. They're still really getting hit by that. They're still getting hurt. They're still, you know, obviously, like you said, there's an art form to that. You, you can't just go in there and smash somebody over the head with a light tube. I'm sure there's, you know, technique, there's a way to do it. 
Right. Um, you know, massive respects to the guys that put their bodies on the line to do that. And Nick Gage reminds me of a Darby Allen where he's willing to do anything and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he fears nobody. He right. fears nothing. He literally, I, I always said this about Darby Allen, and after watching the Nick Gage thing, I'm going to say it about Nick Gage too. I envy these type of guys because, man, imagine everybody just, just went through life, right? Without the fear of dying or anything like that. And I'm not saying I'm just going to walk out into the middle of the street and just throw myself into a, a, a car that's coming down the block. But, you know, if everybody lives life like they weren't scared to die or, you know, they're just living life to the fullest, they're doing anything, you know, they don't fear anything. I just feel like everybody would enjoy themselves a lot more, you know, they, they would enjoy their lives a lot more. Obviously, with mental health and everything, that's, you know, obviously everybody's anxious, everybody overthinks, and there's a lot of, you know, people out there that aren't like that but i just respect the hell out of nick gage and darby allen i'm going to use both of them as examples of guys that are willing to go out there and do anything and don't fear nothing right 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 I, another thing with nick it's gage, incredible and another thing with nick gage that i didn't know i knew about the bank robbery or whatever but i had no idea that the reason what led to him robbing the bank was the dude was practically homeless and still uh, struggling with addiction. I had no idea that was like one of the main reasons why he robbed the bank. And also, Brett Lauderdale, which he's the owner of GCW. I think when you're a friend or you love someone, you're going to sometimes give them tough love. You know, you're not going to... Like, to me, a friend is like, they're going to be with you with the good and the bad. Meaning, like, if you fuck up, just because I love you doesn't mean that I'm going to just support you. No, I'm going to tell you, you fucked up. Brett Lauderdale, that's Nick Gage's best friend. Because he's been there through thick and thin. Whether Nick Gage fucked up or when he's at the high, the highest and highest of the mountain. Like Nick Gage is at now, right? In his career and his life, right? Brett's been there. And that, to me, is the definition of a true friend. Yeah. Dude, I think everybody needs a friend like that, really. I mean, to have by your side in your corner, no matter what happens, whether you fuck up, whether you do things great, he's always going to be there, and he's going to be brutally honest with you, he's going to, you know, tell you the truth, and you just, I feel like everybody needs a friend like Brett Lauderdale um, in their lives, and, you know, Nick, Nick Gage is lucky to have somebody like him, and, you know, Brett's lucky to have somebody like Nick Gage, because, again, I, I watching this episode, I didn't know anything about Nick Gage's life, right? Like, I know who he is, I know how over he is, I didn't know about any of this with the, with, with the drugs and, and the, um, you know, getting arrested and things like that. I had no clue, right. but it was fascinating to see and to see him now, you know, such a big part of GCW and I know nothing but great things about everybody that's ever met him. And it's so funny too, because if you, I've seen like him do some cameos, I've seen him cut promos. The dude looks like he's on crack. Like every single time. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, he's a nice guy. He, he is, really is. He's and generally, he's a down to earth. Yes. Dude. He's generally such a great guy. And listen, man, I'm guilty for that also. Like, not that I really judge people like that. But, like, when, I, you know, you first see Nick Gage, you're just kind of like, you know, this guy looks like, <laughs> like, legit robbed something or, like, or, like, you know, like, he's on something or whatever. And my first, like, interaction with Nick Gage was after a GCW show in Atlantic City. And it was late night, me and my boy Kev, shout out to Kev. It was after GCW show, we had a couple drinks or whatever, because after the GCW uh, show after party. Now, this is like pre-pandemic. And, you know, we went to one of the, the, the casinos to, to get some pizza or whatever. And while we was leaving, 
we seen the gauge and he was like, hey, man, what's up, man? He came up to me. He gave me a fucking handshake. He gave me a hug. He was like, thank you for coming to the show, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He's like, uh, how did you guys enjoy it? Just started talking to us. And then that's where we took the picture, when I, which I posted at Lucha Outsiders. Yo, the dude's like a nice guy. He's genuinely a nice guy. And I don't know. I don't know if you got this at the end of the episode, but I felt kind of just because of everything that he's gone through, you know, with the with the. The struggling with addiction and then him going to jail and then him coming out of jail and being in such a, a top role in GCW and how he's so beloved by the by his fan base or whatever. Unfortunately, his mother passed away and that's one of the another reasons why he started battling with addiction even more. And then, you know, the trials and tribulations, that rocky relationship he had with his brother and his brother ended up committing suicide. And then at the end of the episode, while his story's not done, because obviously he's GCW world champion now and he's still wrestling, he says... You know, I'm almost positive I'm going to die at a young age. That was kind of sad, man. Uh, I don't know if you took it that way, but I felt sad for the guy. Him having that type of mentality. And I'm sure after watching this episode, anybody that... I'm sure there's still people that are going to shit on him or whatever. Say like, oh, this ain't real wrestling. But I don't know. For me, maybe because I just have an open mind when it comes to certain things. I feel like a, a lot of people might look at him a little bit differently. And maybe have respect for the guy or become fans of him. And kind of next time they're at a GCW show or like maybe an indie show, they'll go up to him and be like, dude, man, we love you. Like, don't think that, that you're going to die young. Like, you got so much to left to do or whatever. How how did you feel about, like, that ending of the episode? Yeah, no, I, I dude, I, I felt sad. Honestly, I, I thought that was, you know, that's Nick Gage just being Nick Gage. But, I mean, you know, when, you know, when he says that, it's, it is sad, you know, and I do hope. I mean, listen, after these dark side of the rings, I think a lot of people have a lot of respect for, you know, the person coming out of this, whether it's somebody like uh, Brian Pillman Jr. or, uh, you know, like like Owen Hart's wife or whatever right. like that. Like, like you know, like you come out of this feeling some type of way towards this person. And I really do think moving forward, because I'm sure the whole GCW fan base who goes to the shows and, and sees Nick Gage all the time. I'm sure they loved him before this, but obviously they love him even more so after this. And I just hope that he gets showered with nothing but love at these shows. And, um, you know, hope a lot of people really respect him, like you said, whether they appreciate him for what he does or whether they like deathmatch wrestling or not. Um, you know, I think you, you should think twice before shitting all over it and shitting over somebody like Nick Gage who – is the heart and soul pretty much of deathmatch wrestling in today's day and age. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I listen, I hope he lives a long life, um, healthy and, you know, all this crap with the addiction, everything is behind him. And, you know, it was, it was great to see his story spotlighted in such a big way like this. And, uh, kudos to the dark side of the ring crew and vice TV for getting it all done and putting it out there. And yeah, I just, let, let's hope that Nick Gage just continues to thrive and, does live long and, and right. doesn't die young because we don't want to see that. Uh, of course, nobody wants to see that. I can't wait to hit up a GCW show soon and meet him and just tell him how much respect I have for him, you know, before this, but also even more so after this too. So yeah, dude, I wish nothing but the best for him. Uh, down to earth dude who really just deserves nothing but respect. Quick couple of things, Nick Gage and GCW related, and then we'll go back to AEW. Nick Gage will be defending the GCW world title tonight on Fight TV against AJ Gray. In Vegas. So there is a GCW show happening tonight. I mean, that's that. And then you mentioned right now that you want to go to a future GCW show. And that's something that you want to, you know, check off your list. 
So I know you missed out on Tournament of Survival that's happening in a couple of weeks, but in July 24th and 25th is GCW's Homecoming. This is their sequel from last summer, which me and Sam were supposed to go to, but unfortunately he had got caught up doing some stuff, and I ended up working, so we had to miss out on that. But, dude, the, these tickets are going to go on sale soon. I plan on spending my whole weekend out there, um, you know, if everything goes well according to plan, you know, just due to my life being hectic and, and stuff. Dude, if you want to go, let me know, bro. If you and Nick want to make the trip or whoever, whoever else wants to come with you, make the weekend trip. We can make, uh, you know, a pretty fun weekend in AC. Okay, man. Honestly, I will look at my calendar after we're done filming here and, uh, yeah, we'll definitely plan something. I'd love to get out to AC. I've actually never been to Atlantic City before either. <laughs> I'm 26 years old and I've never been. So well, uh, the best I way to change. describe Atlantic City is fun and shady, and I'll leave it like that. <laughs> okay, I will take that. I'm not a big gambler, so I, that's why I'm not. You know, I don't like to. Well, listen, there's like, a whole bunch like of shit. Spots, to do, there's a whole bunch of shit to do besides gambling. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Okay, I'm ready for it. I'm ready. All right, back to AEW. All right, let, let's talk about this because this was a little. We got mixed reactions on this promo. I think you know where I'm going with this. So Cody cut a promo this past week on Dynamite where it blurred the lines a little bit, and it kind of got. And listen, this is not a political show. We don't want to talk about politics here or kind of like the state of how the country is. But there's just some things that it's just like maybe they're better left unsaid, and. You know, I had to rewatch the promo a couple of times to for me for it to get it. Like, okay, I kind of get why people were not shitting on it, but it was like, oh, you're kind of like disconnected on what's going on in the world or whatever. And it's like, okay, I kind of get maybe Cody shouldn't have said that. And sometimes with Cody's promos, at times, at times, while he is an amazing promo, I feel like sometimes Cody's promos are feel a little bit too forced. If that makes any sense. And listen, I'm not going to go word for word here. But he mentioned something down the line saying like Atlanta, you know, Georgia being like back in the day, going back to the 60s and 70s, how black people and white people couldn't do this and that and etc. And he mentioned this and then praise, you know, Brandy and how they're going to have a beautiful biracial kid, which that's clean. I get that. But I don't know, dude. Uh, it's kind of weird and it's kind of uneasy at times when you're mixing what's going on in the real world and then wrestling especially when there's like a really crucial divide going on in the country or whatever and i wish he kind of would have left that to the side and not even mention it or not even tease it in this promo especially for who he's gonna face at double or nothing which is oh what's his name anthony ogogo i think his name is yeah that's his name, right? That's the cat's name uh, from the factory, uh, Nightmare Factory, whatever yep. the, the the stable is. So it's like this is a yeah. guy that we haven't really seen much of besides some brutal attacks here and there. And I think he had like one match on Dynamite. So it's like, you know, when you cut like like a, a deep promo like this, it should be for someone that that's the same caliber as you or whatever. I'm okay with him calling himself the American Dream from One Night Only. I think that's a cool little tribute. But I don't know, man. I just think this whole segment was a mess for me. But what's your thoughts on it, Ryan? Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that these things have to be controversial, right? Because, you know, why can't things just be, you know, fine and dandy and we don't have to worry about, you know, whether something is crossing the line or not when it comes to a promo such as this one where Cody's basically just talking about how he's proud to be an American and all that type of stuff. 
Listen, I thought, obviously, the delivery on Cody's promos are top-notch. I mean, the way he delivers these promos, it's just unfreaking believable right. I don't know how he does it. Right. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, it's not scripted, but he, he knows what he's going to say. And the way he says it, the way he articulates, the way – the, just the delivery is just, honestly, some of the best I have ever seen yeah. anybody ever caught. Like, the way he – just like you said, he has a way with words, and it's it really is beautiful. It really is, like – his promos are beautiful. I think that's really the one word I'm going to use to describe it. Uh, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. I could see why people would. Again, you know, I'm. I'd like to think I'm not so sensitive when it comes to things like this. I do agree with you. Some things are better left unsaid, especially with things that are going on. And the fact is, you know, you just don't want people bickering and right. back and forth about how this was controversial or not. It's just not worth it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did it, and that's what this feud is going to be based on. You know, obviously we saw Gogo put the flag on Cody after uh, the match with uh, that he had with QT last week after he sucker punched him. Yep, that's what this feud's going to be about. And honestly, I don't hate it. Um, it is what it is. I don't mind uh, these two going one on one. This is really how you build a star. You know, this right. is how you build a young star. Obviously, they see something in Anthony Gogo. I'll be honest, I don't see it yet. Okay. I, <laughs> I, well, I his attitude is very, um, his attitude and his aura about Anthony Ogogo is very Conor McGregor esque. That's his attitude, yeah, and that's the way he carries himself. Yes, yes, yeah. And hey, look, character is great. The presentation of him is great. He's got a great look. That's cool. Um, you know, I the the sucker punch. I'm not a fan of that. That as his finisher, that just it's just honestly not my thing okay because it's just unrealistic to me uh i hope that he could really pull some moves out of his arsenal i i know he's probably fought on dark a couple of times right i don't watch dark i don't watch elevation so i don't know um so if anybody has seen him in the ring definitely uh you know let me know if i'm just completely wrong on this one and this is going to be a great match but uh as far as the feud goes it's going to be based on you know the patriotism pretty much and uh like I said, I didn't have a problem with Cody's promo. I know a lot of people were tweeting Brandy about it afterwards because uh, she was said on Twitter that she was so proud of it. She can't wait to, to show their their newborn it someday. Right. And, um, you know, uh, I, I thought it was powerful. I mean, uh, really beautiful and powerful. And like I said, I could see why it's controversial. I knew as I was watching it that uh, this wasn't going to go over well uh, <laughs> on social media with a lot of people. And I'm sure they knew it, too. I'm sure Cody knew it. But I guess they probably just don't care. You know, they're just going to do whatever they feel that they need to do. And, um, you know, people can bitch and moan about it all they want. But it's what we're getting. It's what the feud is. I, I will say about this match, I, character-wise, uh, when it comes to Anthony Ogogo, I, I do see why people are high on him. I think he's basic in the ring. But I think if anybody could pull out a good match out of them, it could be Cody Rhodes. Yeah, totally. And this is what Cody's there for, right? This is what Cody's been doing uh, in AEW now for a while. This is really what... I feel like his role is going to be uh, mostly is just putting over guys like a go go. He's going to be there to really, uh, you know, be the first opponent to somebody like a young guy like this. And he's going to put him over and I'm sure it'll be a good match. I mean, if they're putting it on the pay-per-view, they obviously trust that it's going to be a, you know, a good match. And I hope it is, right. um, you know, you got people paying for this pay-per-view. So you want to make sure it delivers. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm looking forward to it or not, but the, like I said, the promo was good. I enjoyed the promo, and we'll see if Ogogo responds next week, and we'll just see how this build goes from here on out because, um, you know, a lot of people are just going to base it off of one promo, but I think let this feud, you know, let's see how it plays out a little yeah. bit, and then maybe people will feel a different way about it, you know? Oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. 
And for the record, I'm not shitting on Cody Rhodes here. I'm sure met Cody countless of times. I think he's a great guy, and I and I don't think like there's, I don't think there was ill will in his promo at all. I just see how oh, some no, people no. felt like, okay, Cody's disconnected on some things that's going on in the world or, or this country in this case or whatever. I, that that's my only, uh, I guess, criticism on this. It's not like I'm not saying Cody's a bad guy or nothing. No, 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 no. I don't think he has a bad bone in his body. I just. Just could see how people feel like he's just disconnected. Yeah, yeah, no, no, me too. I know, and, and I'm, you know, people could say, oh, he's so disconnected from what's going on. Obviously, he's not. Okay, he's not disconnected. He knows what's going on in the world. But you know what? This is just—I don't know. I wish I could sit here and, and tell you for sure right. what was what they were thinking with this, but they went ahead and did it. And you know, some people love it, some people hate it, and that's just the way it goes. That's really with anything, but right. of course, obviously, it's going to be more so with a controversial thing like this. You, you just mentioned some people would love it and some people would hate it. I pissed some of the peckerheads off this week on Instagram. I don't know if you got to see all this stuff that, that happened on IG, oh. but um, we had a great main event this week uh, on Dynamite. Miro versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. I thought this main event was great. Miro looked like a monster right from the start, before the bell even rang, attacking Darby Allen and just, you know, pretty much destroying the guy. It reminded me, maybe to uh, not the extent of, like, the full match, but it reminded me a little bit of, like, Walter and Tyler Bate from that uh, UK takeover. Like, that was that, that was kind of like, it had, like, the same foundation of, the, of that match or whatever, uh, where Darby Allen had to kind of come from underneath and try to give it all he had to kind of try to take Miro down. I thought this match was great. I know we are very uh, critical on Sting's, the usage of Sting, but you know what? In this case, I kind of enjoyed Sting being outside of the ring here because Sting, you know, caught some hands from Miro. And I even loved that sign of like, I guess like concerning and like kind of like humanity between Sting and Darby where Darby just kind of was just laying in the ring and he just kind of gave that one look to Sting. And Sting had that concerning look, like a concerning dad. And kind of just try to give him some type of motivation. And they kind of gave each other a fist bump. Like, that to me meant more than pretty much any prior time Sting just shows up with Darby. Like, that little part of the match. And Miro looked like how he should be looking. Like, a, just a dominant force. And now we have a, T a new TNT champion. Before I kind of touch on what happened on our Instagram, talk to me about this match and how it just Miro looked like a monster. You know what this match gave me um, reminders of in the beginning? The TNT title match between Brody Lee, may he rest in peace, and Cody. Yeah. When they had their match, the TNT title, uh, and Brody just completely annihilated Cody Rhodes. Like, Cody did not get any offense in. Brody looked like a goddamn monster and ended up um, literally squashing him and pinning him one, two, three. Good call. Obviously, the, Good call. Yeah. Obviously, this did not happen the, the same way, but Miro completely obliterated Darby Allen for the first, I don't even want to say for, for most of the match because the bell didn't even ring. Right. He annihilated the crap out of him, and this is how you establish Miro as a dominant force a freaking monster. This is the way to go. And I, I, dude, I thought he was going to, I thought it was going to be exactly like Brody and Cody. I thought he was going to bring him in the ring and squash him and completely pin him. And I was about to rage, bro, because I was like, there's just no way to treat Darby Allen, one of the biggest stars, uh, you know, somebody who was so, is so over with the crowd, somebody who is, 
on such a great run with the TNT title right now, having great matches. Don't, don't just squash him. I know you want to establish Miro, but God, hey, come on, man. Like, do not, don't do this to Darby. You can have Miro win, but make Darby look somewhat strong in this, right? <laughs> yeah. They did. Mm-hmm. As soon as that fist bump to, to Sting, like you said, as soon as they, they gave each other that, it was like it turned Darby up a yep. notch. Like, all of a sudden, he, he starts doing these, these uh, offensive maneuvers, and he starts, you know, doing these uh, counters and reversals and all these things like that. That's where the match really, like, just, like, really heated up. And I was like, for a minute, I thought Darby was going to come back and actually win. Right. And I was like, okay, maybe Darby won't lose here. Maybe something will happen to, to progress the storyline. But AEW doesn't doesn't give you false finishes. They, they always give you a winner. So I didn't think it was going to be a disqualification or anything like that. They're not going to give you... A 15-minute main event like this to not give you a winner when they hyped it up all week to be a big title match. So I had a feeling Miro was going to win. He did. The finish really came out of nowhere. And, um, God, that was a brutal-looking... Um, what, what, what does Steve call it? Uh, he calls it game over? Uh, game over? Game over, yeah. Yeah. And then we, we cranked Darby all the way back. Uh, Darby didn't, didn't even tap. The, I guess he just he told the ref he quit, whatever. Uh, it still makes Darby look strong in the end. And um, I thought, like you said, it was a great, great main event. Um, those two worked really well together. I really just wish, though, that this was on a pay-per-view and not it, Dynamite. It was, a pay-per-view, it was a pay-per-view type quality match. It, it really was. And I knew that when they announced the match uh, happening, I said, wow, this is pay-per-view quality right here. So, you know. We'll see what happens between Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, but it was a great main event, and I agree with the usage of Sting here. If this is how they're going to use Sting, where he's just going to be in the corner and just be a guy that, like, you know, is there for Darby uh, when things get rough like this, and like I said, that fist bump was a great touch, a great moment, and it really, like I said, turned Darby up a notch a little bit, so I thought that was pretty cool. So we have a new TNT champion, and sometimes what I like to do on Instagram besides, uh, in, our, in my post, besides like just posting news on the dirt sheets and our infamous Let's Take a Moment, which our one from yesterday is, whoo, but bes- nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, what I like to do sometimes is I like to post like then and nows, meaning like it could be from like 20 years ago, it could be from a couple years ago, just to see how like a certain talent, how they were doing at one point in their career and how they're doing now. And I did one on, on Miro, uh, formerly known yeah. as Rusev, how early WWE run, not his NXT, but you know, on the main roster, you know, he won the United States title. So I took a picture, you know, I grabbed one of his pictures when he was United States champion. And now holding, which was the first title he hold, held in WWE, to now, fast forward to 2021, holding his first title in AEW, and it was just a side-by-side, no taking a dig at WWE, nothing like that, and, you know, just two great pictures or whatever, and, you know, the peckerheads started making their little comments saying, like, oh, he's still a mid-carder, oh, he was still better in, in WWE, oh, no, he's doing better in AEW, and it was just like a back-and-forth between some of the pecker heads, and then I did another post like I normally do just to piss people off even more, where it's a picture of the new champion Miro holding that beautiful TNT championship, you know, over a just half-dead Darby Allen, and then underneath is the infamous Kenny Omega face, where I put in quotations like, oh, wrestling fans, oh, uh, I'm so happy he's in AEW, you know, he was so treated badly in WWE. Oh, Miro sucks now. He was better in WWE. He had a better run in WWE. Oh, who cares if he won the TNT Championship? He's still a fucking mid-carder, just like he was in WWE. It was a great match. He's, he's finally getting portrayed 
like how he should have been portrayed on AEW. Yes, nobody's making an argument. Nobody's disagreeing, saying that his first couple months in AEW was kind of rocky. And it was kind of weird booking being the second to Kip Sabian. But now he's his own man, and he's finally holding gold. And yet, after a great, hard-hitting main event on AEW TV, it was a pay-per-view quality match, but it was live for free on TNT. The wrestling fan base, the, the toxicity, the cancer of the wrestling community still has to shit on it. And guess what? The Packerheads were upset with me. And I take joy of that, me pissing off wrestling fans. Because you guys are terrible. You're awful. Yet you're still following my page, our page, and you're still checking out and listening to this show. Yep, the joke's on them, baby. I love when we can piss off the Packerheads, Matt. I tweeted out some shit, too, after... Uh after you know the main event in the match itself and you know there's always been all these criticisms of the usage of Miro like you said ever since he came in and he came into the company in September of last year which is not that long ago and yeah okay he was put into a storyline as the best man of Kip Sabian um you know video game nerd just you know hanging around them but he was still a monster you know you're still portrayed as a monster listen he wasn't coming into the company and winning a championship right. on the first night he was going to be there. He wasn't even going to win it a month after he was there. Two months, three months. That's no way to treat a guy who just comes to the WWE right into your company when you have a lot of young, talented stars on your roster that have been there from day one, and you're just going to give the title to a guy like Mira who just walks through the door. You're not going to do that. They have to establish him. They have to build him up. And that's exactly what they did. I didn't care. The, about hey, the best man gimmick being put with Kip Sabian. I didn't care about that. Yeah, okay, I wasn't high on it, but I didn't mind it because he was still getting spotlighted on TV. It gave him something to do. It's not like he was just sitting in the back and catering doing nothing or sitting on dark elevation just beating jobbers doing nothing. It's not like he didn't have a direction, okay? He was brought in with a specific gimmick with a certain plan. It established him. It got him over. Um, you know, again, not everybody could always be in the title picture. Not everybody is always going to be in the main event, okay? It doesn't mean the guy is buried, okay? Yeah, it might not have been what we wanted him to, to be doing, but I, like I said, I didn't mind it. I knew it wasn't going to last forever. I knew Tony Khan was high on Miro, and now we're seeing that. Now we are seeing the Miro that we everybody wanted to see that was bitching a moment for these past seven, eight, nine months. We're finally seeing it, and he's a dominant force. He's a TNT champion. He just obliterated Darby Allen. Looks like he's going to be facing Lance Archer next. He is going places in AEW, and it's only a matter of time before he is at the top of the top fighting for the world championship. Okay, Miro is going to be a big freaking deal and jokes on every single person that did not think that when they brought him in to be Kip Sabian's sidekick. Because obviously, that wasn't going to last forever. That was just something to give him a do right off the bat to establish him. And again, over time, I knew that they were going to build him up, and now we're seeing it. So, Peckerheads. Quit bitching and moaning about every goddamn little thing. Watching if you're ready, if, if you're going to just bitch and moan about everything or hate just to hate. Because like I said at the beginning of this episode, there are things from every single wrestling company, whether that's AEW, WWE, Impact, New Japan, uh, Ring of Honor, NXT. There's going to be things to criticize, and then there's going to be things that are criticized that are unfair to be criticized. And this is one of them. Going back to what you said on... What did you think? That he was just going to walk into AEW and win a championship? 
if hypothetically speaking that would have happened, the fan base would have shitted on the idea of him winning a title right off the back. And it's like, oh, you're just putting the title on the next WWE guy. You you get what I'm saying? Like, there's no win win at all with toxicity of the wrestling community at all. No, I know. My buddy Brian, shout out to Brian, Royal Ramble Wrestling. He says it best. Nobody hates wrestling more than wrestling fans. Yep. And I love that saying because it's so true. Because you'll watch, you'll watch, you'll watch, you'll watch, you'll watch, but you'll bitch, 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 and bitch. And I don't understand that, you know? It's important. And listen, by the way, the those two mirror posts, it's still going. It has not stopped <laughs> at all. It is still going Good. comment after comment. It's just it, it's just hilarious. But And it's funny, too. You know what's even funnier than all that? It's the people that comment don't that don't even follow the page. It's like you're yeah, taking right, time right. to go on a, a rant. To be like, oh, I hate blah, blah, blah. And you don't even follow the page. <laughs> Dude, that's, hey, like I said, we get the last laugh in the end because they're the ones going out of their way. Got nothing else better to do than to complain on a wrestling page. That, mind you, is our opinions, right? Your mm-hmm. opinion. Right. They have nothing better to do than go out of their way to tell you your opinion's wrong, to tell you... You know, all these toys, and they don't even follow you. Yeah. So, it's so who looks like a loser there? All right, two more things on AEW. Let's talk about this Orange Cassidy Pac match. Dude, we, okay. we got we got a scare here. So, there's mixed, there's conflicting reports on what ex- exactly happened here. Some people are saying that Cassidy was completely knocked out after the super kick that Pac hit him with. And then other people are saying that it was after the sunset flip. I think it was after the super kick. What do you think? Me too. So, so the, it was the super kick immediately into the into the power bomb. Right. right? Yeah. So I think the super kick uh, definitely caused the concussion, mm-hmm. and then the power bomb after that definitely didn't help. That could have made things worse. I hope it didn't. Uh, but yeah, you could tell after the super kick, he was he was just like. He was out of it. He was, like, wobbly and woozy there. And, you know, obviously, Pac, not really aware of that. I mean, it's really hard to tell. Picks him up right away into the power bomb. And it's kind of just, uh, I definitely think the super kick was the starter. Taking uh, a back here, just think about, like, being Orange Cassidy and getting super kicked. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, you, like legit, you're seeing, like, kind of stars. Like, I'm not even trying to be funny here. Like, you legit seeing stars trying to, like... Get your train of thought and try to figure out, like, okay, what am I supposed to do next? And then you just get powerbombed right after that? Right, right. I know. Dude, it, it, I, it was scary. Definitely yeah. scary. You could tell You could tell watching it, too. Like, you see Aubrey, like, going, like, right over to him and stuff and, like, talking to him. And, like, you know, it, it, it's hard to tell, like, right off the bat when these things happen. But after a while, when, when you kind of, like, you see that he's not getting back to his normal self, you know, and you, you realize that he's not, he's not selling. Like, he's legit feeling some type of way out there and let me tell you i'm glad aubrey edwards was the ref for this because uh I had no disrespect actually i don't even want to say no disrespect, <laughs> disrespect. with all these all, all these other idiots out there like a price remsburg or a rick knox these freaking morons bro like we've seen injuries happen in, in the ring and these guys are just totally unaware of anything going on they're just aubrey chilling is the best referee that AEW has and could possibly potentially be one of the best referees in all of pro wrestling okay yeah honestly red zuno that's my guy but aubrey edwards here in the states is one of the best if not if not the best right and i'm glad she was the ref for this because she was all over it and god that's that's so crucial man you need 
that's why the refs are there. That is so crucial when something like this happens. So AEW had a call in Audible, and then Kenny Omega got involved. He uh, hits Pac with the title belt, and then the match was pretty much a no contest, a draw. And then Tony Schiavone made the announcement saying that Kenny Omega will be defending that AEW World Championship in a triple threat match, which I believe is the first triple threat match, at least singles triple threat match, that we've gotten in AEW for that AEW World title at Double or Nothing, which that was the route, that was the, that was the original plans. The only thing that was inaudible was Kenny Omega interfering, but the, that was the plans. The plans was um, it to be a triple threat match, and you know what? I think this is a great idea, especially if the potential Orange Cassidy Omega storyline continues after Double or Nothing. Pac, you know, gets pinned, and then you can continue telling the Orange Cassidy Kenny Omega story, you know, down the line. Yeah, no, I, dude, I, so this, so with this injury, right? Like, there was conflicting reports about them calling it audible, right? To make, to get to this triple threat. But then Dave Meltzer comes out and says that this was always the plan to do a three way, right? right. Did you, did you read that? Yeah. Yeah, the plan was always to be a, a three-way that was going to end in a in a time limit draw. That was the original plan. Time limit draw. Okay, well, I mean, you know, it ended up working out in the end because imagine Orange Cassidy was supposed to go over here. Like, how, how would they have, have done that, you know? Right. Um, but I am really hyped for, for it to be a triple threat. I, I really am. I think it's an interesting, unique uh, match. I don't think anybody ever saw these three guys. Uh, competing for the world championship mm -hmm. in the same match. And, um, you know, after that promo last week that we got with Kenny Omega and Orange Cassidy, a lot of people wanted to see Orange Cassidy in this role. I thought it was going to be a one-on-one -on -one match. I thought that's what they were teasing. Um, but, you know, to avoid, I guess, a lot of people bitching and moaning, you know, mm -hmm. they, they figured they put Pac in there too. And uh, let's hope Orange Cassidy is good to go. I mean, if it only is a concussion, mm -hmm. which I would hope and, and think that's the only thing, I hope he'd be good to go. I mean, we still, what are we, like two weeks out from, from double or nothing right now? Yep, two weeks away. Um, yeah, like, yeah, like two weeks. So I'm ready to go, man. This Let's do it. This triple threat could be a ton of fun. Yeah, I'm excited about this triple threat match. It, it's one of those, these situations where, you know, it, it's the, it, it makes the match feel bigger. You know, uh, kind of similar yeah, to the yeah. the Edge and Daniel Bryan Roman Reigns triple threat match. So the match just feels better now, and especially if you want to leave the 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 Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega feud somewhere down the line. If you want to continue telling that story after Double or Nothing, this is a this is a great match to have. Oh, dude, I'm such a sucker for like uh, triple threats and fatal four way big title matches on pay per views. Like, I I love it. Like, don't get me wrong, like nothing better. Like, there's it's fun when there's like a good solid feud, like a one-on-one -on -one match or whatever. But I just love like when it's a multi-man world title main event of a pay-per-view because there's just so many different ways that they can go. And not that I think Kenny Omega is in danger of losing this championship at all, mm -hmm. but uh, it's, it definitely, it, it just makes things a lot more exciting. So um, I don't even, I'm not even so sure that it's going to main event review because what we talk about next, I'm sure is uh, yep. it's, That'll be up for debate as well, but really, really looking forward to this. I think uh, this, you know, we've wondered for a while who Omega's opponent was going to be at this pay-per-view. I think they did a fine job with getting there and the match itself. All right, let's talk about this next segment. So we got the Pinnacle coming out, and it was pretty much a celebration uh, from their win at, I was going to say War Games. I mean, Blood and Guts, but, you know, it's War Games. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, it's all the same <laughs> shit. The same same thing, but different. So they're selling. They're in the ring. They got these. They got these girls with them. So two things I wanted to point out about this segment. One, I instantly thought it was weird how MJF was wearing a non-tailored suit. I thought that was like a head scratcher. But then what we got later on in the segment, I'm like, okay, it makes sense why MJF wasn't wearing like a fitted suit because normally, you know, MJF is like a really well-dressed guy. So. I thought oh, yeah, that the sharp. suit was, like, you know, very baggy for him. I'm like, yo, this guy's swimming in the suit. Like, the pants weren't tailored. Nothing. So, I'm like, okay, this is kind of odd. But, like, even with, like, a not-tailored suit, he still pulled it off. You know? Like, it still didn't. Like, you really had to, like, look at it to be like, okay, this isn't a tailored suit. So, I thought that was kind of odd. I think we've talked about this in the past. You know how, like, MJF is a talker of the of this group. I'm usually big on Tully Blanchard promos. But I felt like this Tully Blanchard promo was so repetitive, and it was just kept on going oh, yeah. and going. It's like Tully, I he love just kept you. Saying the same thing, right? I'm like Tully, I love you, but shut up. And then I think at one point towards the end of the promo, I think on Tully Blanchard, like, and we got these beautiful women from that Jacksonville has to offer or whatever, and we're gonna do whatever he wants to them or something like that. And I think Dax Harwood go like this. Tully, I'm married, bro. I'm married. And then, and then MGF, MGF even looks at the camera and he goes like this. He goes like this. He goes like, looks at the camera and goes like this. I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious. So then all of a sudden we get like this honking noise or whatever. And out comes the, the, some of the members of the inner circle, Ortiz, Jake Hager. And they come in, in this like weird, like wagon type gimmick with like this hose like connected to it. so I'm like I see where this is going so then you hear Jericho's voice and then at first I thought it was gonna be like a video promo type thing but no Jericho's there he has like his arm and like this arm gimmick it looks like he dislocated his arm at blood and guts and you know he asked MJF like uh, we want a rematch we want a rematch and MJF's like no 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 and you know he's throwing like a tantrum and then they get hosed down with a little bit of the bubbling I thought the idea was great but I don't know if it was the hose. Man, did Sammy Guevara, like, his aim is not good. <laughs> I don't know if it was, like, the positioning of the hose. But, like, he was having trouble, like, aiming at them. But, like, they did the best they can. I, I still think the, the segment was a win. But they, uh, MJF finally agreed to the terms. I, I loved how, like, they were all, like, trying to, like, go away from the hose. And they were, like, Dax Harwood, like, fucking, or I don't know if it was Dax or, or Cash that like hopped over the ring and was like getting tangled with the ropes and MJF and Warlord were just like kind of swimming there and Warlord's trying to like save like the scarf of MJF and then MJF is just like you know like screaming and yelling and he finally agrees to the terms that he will give the inner circle a rematch but it will have some stipulations one it will be a stadium stampede which we talked about in the past we're gonna get another stadium stampede and if the inner circle loses, there's no more inner circle. Now, I'm a fan of, of another stadium stampede match. I, I think with the creative minds that are involved in this match, I think they could give us something different, and I think they could pull it off. I do see some criticism, including our boy uh, Brian from the Royal Ramble, saying like he's not a fan of it, he doesn't really want to see it. But I'm in the side where I'm a little bit more optimistic, and also, now that we're in the tail end of this pandemic, listen... Use a stadium while you have it. Um, why not try to try to you know go for two for two and 
hit another, you know, get another stadium stampede, and because who knows if we're ever going to get one again. So I'm more on the optimistic end of this. Well, what's your thoughts on this whole segment and the stadium stampede too? Yeah, man, I'm in the same boat as my boy Brian. I'm not really a huge fan of it. I'll be honest. Um, we we talked about it before, and I think you mentioned it. Um, you know about possibly seeing another stadium stampede match, and I said I wasn't really for it. Uh, then and I'm not really for it now. As far as the segment goes, I thought the segment went really good. It's so funny too. I don't even know if you noticed this, but they completely messed up the shot of when uh, that car was coming out, right? That truck with the inner circle on it. The way that camera was showing, or I guess Chris Jericho didn't get down low enough. You saw him in the back. Like you saw his head pop up. If you go back and watch that, you could see him in the back. So like they. They wanted to make it to be a surprise as if he wasn't there. Right. But I saw him right off the bat, and then MJF goes, and Chris Jericho's was not even here, and then all of a sudden you hear you hear him talking and stuff, and then he pops up with his bionic looking arm. Who's the, um, who's who's even, the director of AEW? Because man, they're really screwing up a lot of these camera shots. Oh, for the camera shots, and dude, the social media guy needs to get fired because uh, I don't even know. They they put up a picture of Miro with the TNT title after AEW, and they said. And new TNT champion oh, with an no. N instead of an M, and then I saw I saw it like the next day, and it still wasn't correct. <laughs> it's like, dude, dude, this is like embarrassing. Like that, like, dude, hire me, please. Hire, I'm OCD with this shit, man. Hire me, please. Uh, but that's besides the fact. But the segment <laughs> went really well. I would have preferred maybe not to see Jericho on TV one week after the that's final. That's what I age, thought. But that's what know, I that's thought too. Nitpicking a little bit. Well, it might be a little bit nitpicky, but you know they fixed uh, it. By the way, they fixed it. I the just segment checked. was just re. They, they fixed what it. They, 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 it says champion. Oh, I just checked okay. right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank God. Thank God, because it was bothering three, three, three days later. God, it bothered me so much. Three yeah, days later, right, finally, <laughs> finally, they got that memo. Three days later, should have never even been an issue from the start. But um, yeah, dude. As far as the stadium stampede goes, I don't know. I just feel like uh, it's weird to do when you have uh, it's the first. A full capacity show, right? In over a year, it's odd to do a stadium stampede match like that. I don't really know if their plan is to start it in the stadium and then maybe end it in the in the Daily's place where the fans are going to be, or maybe they're going to move some fans to the stadium. I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm sure they got a plan, and I don't know. I just feel like there's no possible way that the first one is going to be top. The first one was an absolute classic, and I'm just afraid that they're going to ruin it by doing another one and like you said they got a lot of creative minds a lot of creative geniuses uh you know chris jericho the inner circle are involved again like they were the first time around i don't know what they could possibly do to utilize the stadium in a different capacity uh i don't want to see the pool uh being shown again i prefer not to see the bar again they need to do something totally different i don't know how they're going to do it uh no comedy involved in this one either it just can't be. It's got to be serious. This is a blood feud between these two teams. You just can't have stupid comedy. I know Matt Hardy's not involved in it this time around, so you're not going to get any of that crap. Um, Hangman with, with with the beer and stuff like that at the bar, you're not really going to get any of that, so that's good. I'm just really curious to see how they do things differently. I really am. So while I'm not a fan of it right now, it's not to say that I'm not going to enjoy it when it's all said and done. I probably will end up enjoying it. I hope I do. Uh, also, too, the, the fact of the first match of this feud being this blood and guts match, yeah. right, where everybody's bleeding, somebody's being thrown off the top of a cage. This should have been the end of the feud, yes. not the beginning. Yes. You know? That, that's, my, that's one of my biggest criticisms. Like, 
Besides it being on free TV, which I'm not complaining about that. I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy the match or whatever, but, you know, take away the the, the, the bump or whatever. But this, the Blood and Guts match, should have been on pay-per-view. And it should have been at the end of the feud. You know, they, they kind of doing things backwards. Like, they probably should have yeah. started this feud with the Stadium Stampede match. And then leave Blood and Guts yeah. for, for, like, a pay-per-view, like... Maybe at full gear or all out. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe some type of special. I don't know. And this is just me just talking here. But Blood and Guts should have been the end of the feud. Yeah. I mean, they, they're they doing it backwards. It's weird. It's like you go from the Blood and Guts, like this dangerous, barbaric, crazy, insane War Games match to a stadium stampede match where these guys are going to be running around a freaking stadium. Like, what you know, how could that be more brutal than the Blood and Guts? You know, you know what I mean? But... Hey, whatever. They're doing it backwards, um, and I would assume this is going to be... Actually, no. I'm, I was going to say I, I assume it's going to be the end of this feud, but the inner circle is going to win, right? And, you know, they have to win. They're not going to be breaking up. They and got a new shirt. I they... assume we're going to have a third match, a rubber match. What are they going to do then? How are they going to top those two? Uh, I don't know, man. I, it's, it's odd. It really is weird. But, hey, I guess we'll see where they go with it. They're going to have a Dante's Inferno match. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so, Dude, I... Okay, so yeah, well, I going back to the Stadium Stampede match, you and Brian have been... And Brian, more than you, have been very vocal like you guys are against it, whatever, which is fine. That's your opinion. Can, can I just ask you a question? Do you think if the match is still good, but not as good as... As the original one. Do you think that's a miss? Because to me, as a viewer, I don't think it's a miss. For example, not every sequel is going to be better than the original. There's some sequels that are better than the original, right? For example, and Michael's Taker from WrestleMania 25. That was That's my favorite match I've ever watched. Me being a wrestling fan, that is my favorite match. Like Every WrestleMania season, I watch that match because I just love that match. I think it's just a perfect match. Now, granted, in WrestleMania 26, their match was good, great. But was it WrestleMania 25? Absolutely not. It wasn't WrestleMania 25, but it was still a good match. I feel like if the match is still good, but it wasn't last year's Stadium Stampede, I still think, think it's a win. Yeah. I, no, yeah, I, I I agree. I don't think it's going to be a miss. I don't think anybody should be expecting it to be better than the first one. I sure as hell am not. What I want to see is just something different. Some I don't know how, but it can't be the same. I don't know. I don't even know, like, uh, if you ask me, well, Ryan, how how do you want it to be different? I don't even know if I have an right. answer for you. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they could possibly pull off in that stadium like that or what the limitations are. I mean, clearly what we saw last year didn't look like there was any limitations. I mean, they're using the pool, they're trashing the bar, they're, I mean, they're trashing everything around that place. They're using horses and, you know, I, I, you know, but I just want to see something different. I don't expect it to be better. I'm sure it still will be good. Uh, if they don't give me any comedy and they do something different, it's a win. It's a, it's a win. I just, that's my main critiques. I don't expect it to be better. I don't want it to be better. There's no way. Usually the first one of, of anything, a movie or a you know, first time match, usually if it's a killer match or a killer movie, the sequel, like you said, is never better than the original. I get that. I just, I, I would think they know better to give us the same thing that they gave us last year. And like I said, the fact that there's a full capacity crowd there I mean, listen, if I was going, I would be pretty upset with that because I would not be able to get to watch that. You know, everybody's going to be sitting in that arena or that little amphitheater, and they're going to be watching it 
this whole thing on the screen. I just don't know how that makes sense to really do. But hey, I'm not going. I don't care. I'll be home watching it on paper. That's not a critique that I'm really going to be right. harping on. Right. I just think the decision. It, it, it's it's definitely an interesting decision. I'll just I'll just say that. Right. I, I get what you're saying, but like I also stand in where who knows when they're going to be in Jacksonville. And like I said, we're in the tail end of this pandemic, so it's like. Why not try to squeeze out another match of Stadium Stampede? Because God only knows when we'll ever get another one. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I'm with you on that. This might be the last one they ever do. Who knows? I mean, this obviously is not going to be the last time they're ever going to run a show at the Daily's Place. Right. It could be the last time they run a pay-per-view at the Daily's Place, which I'm sure where this match would take place unless they throw it on TNT, which is also anything possible with this company. But, yeah, it could possibly be. And, um, yeah, you're definitely right on that. Mm -hmm. I just... You can only do this so many times, too. It, it, this hopefully will be the last time they do it because this isn't... I know some people are saying, oh, I hope this is an annual thing. How could it be an annual thing? <laughs> Unless they do different... It's the same stadium! How much... How much? How can you do something different every single year? Like, listen, you just can't, listen, you know? 2022, they're going to be at the MGM Grand, and we're going to get a Stadium Stampede 3 where the Las Vegas Raiders play, okay? That's what we're going to get. <laughs> Garza or like an Andrade because with Santos he, his English is actually really really good 
And that's something that, while I'm not shitting on Andrade's or Angel Garza's English, I think they speak fine English to me. But then again, I'm a guy where I don't really, I'm not a guy. See, to me, like a guy like Angel Garza or Andrade, like a Shinsuke Nakamura, for me as a wrestling viewer, that doesn't play a factor on how I view a wrestler. Like if I think if I view a wrestler no. as being a star, they're a star, whether they can speak perfect English or not. Obviously, some of the higher ups in WWE, they don't feel that way. So like with Santos Escobar's case, it's kind of like Del Rio. Like it, Del Rio, his English was perfect, just like Santos. So do you think like maybe Santos' situation could be a little bit different in a positive end? Yeah, I mean, I th- it could definitely help him. Uh, you know, if he could speak good English, obviously that helps. I'm sure Vince will love that, that he doesn't need to, uh, you know, worry about throwing him out there with a microphone or he doesn't have to worry about getting him a manager or anything. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that could help him. But still, I'm just, it's not even just about that. I just don't feel confident that they're going to do anything with, with somebody his size and um, just, I mean, like I said, when's the last time we've seen a star like this end up? amounting to anything big in the WWE like it hasn't happened and right. like I said we've seen two examples recently and I know you know they don't speak good English but also too with Andrade you had freaking Zelina Vega and you also had Zelina Vega with um, Angel Garza too they were in the same freaking stable and they yep. didn't do anything with those guys and, and now you got Angel Garza and you're still not doing anything with him mm-hmm. uh, it's just unfortunately I just don't have the confidence and that's why I feel like he should stay in NXT for as long as he possibly can because I have confidence the Triple H will do something with him. Right. But once he goes to the main roster, man, that's anybody's guess. But I definitely do think that the fact that he speaks English definitely works to his advantage. But, you know, overall, do I think it's going to help him when it comes to a big-time push? I, I'm, I really don't think so. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I want to sit here and say yes. Right, but I'm, right. You know, you can't help but feel this way because yeah. we've seen numerous examples. There's yes. nothing that gives me confidence in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, look at Keith Lee. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> Good, right. Uh, Okay, we had another good match, too, between Raquel Gonzalez and Mercedes Martinez. Great women's title match, and it's... I'm a big Mercedes Martinez fan. I wish she would have gotten in the company a little bit sooner, in the sense, like, five years ago. Because I I feel like the ceiling is only to a certain level when it comes to Mercedes, and I think that's the reason because of her age. And and that's just... And that's not me saying anything. I just feel... That's not me. Like, to me, I, I... I would love to see Mercedes Martinez be be a champion, but it's just on how WWE views things. Yeah, you know, this is just, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mercedes. I thought the title match was really good. I'm glad she's getting that opportunity. But, I mean, yeah, let's be honest. Her age does not uh, work to her advantage. She obviously signed way too late, and obviously it's not her fault. They, no. you know, WWE never really offered her a, a deal until recently. Um, it's It's sad. But I don't see her going anywhere in this company either. And I'm not, you know, that's that's goes to say with NXT, with Raw, with SmackDown. I just don't see her, like, I mean, maybe, who knows, maybe she'll win a championship at some point. I mean, Christ, Tamina Snuka just won the championship after being in the company for 11 years. So, <laughs> I think it's possible, but... Listen, we're not, uh, listen, I, as much as I'm happy that Natalia and Tamina took those tag titles last night, we're not going to compare Tamina Snuka to Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, no. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know what her ceiling is in this company either. I think Mercedes, I wanted Mercedes to sign with AEW, obviously. I think she would have uh, been a bigger star there. Obviously, they never offered her a deal. WWE did. I don't blame her. Uh, um, you know, I could see her being somebody like, you know, they're doing in Ring of Honor this women's tournament um, thing that they're doing there. I don't know, like Maria Knellis is like, 
um, coming up with some tournament or something like that. I, I see it on my Twitter. And like I said, don't follow Ring of Honor that well. But I just feel like a Mercedes is somebody who could really benefit from going to a company like Ring of Honor right. and helping young stars. And or even Impact. A veteran out of all the youngers, out of all the young stars there. Uh, even somebody in Impact, too. I feel like she could be better off in Impact. I just feel like she does not fit in WWE. And it's sad to say because I am a fan of her. Karrion Cross beat Austin Theory. Listen, and while he's in a good position being with Johnny Gargano's uh, stable the way, I really could give two shits about Austin Theory. But the biggest takeaway was after the match because Balor shows up and we're going to get Finn Balor carrying Cross too. Yeah, man, this this is interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how they book this one because, um, you know, obviously I don't think Finn Balor is going to win back the title, but... Also, too, I mean, do you, I guess you have to really beat him clean because, you know, you have to keep establishing Karrion Cross as his dominant force. Mm -hmm. But then where does this leave Finn Balor? Um, you know, what more does he have left to offer to NXT? You know, I really enjoyed his second run here. I really think he was awesome. I think he really worked with every single person that I wanted to see him work with. A match with Kushida would be cool, but other than that, I mean, dude, there's just nothing left for Finn to do. I think it's time for Finn to go back up to the main roster after this. I really do. He's going to go to NXT UK, baby. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, you know what? There's some pretty good match matchups there. We still, we still never for, got but... the Walter Finn Balor match either. That's true. That's true. Maybe they do that next after this. Who knows? All right, so Cool Kyle continues. He had a match with Oni Lorcan. Pete Dunne ended up um, getting involved, and then there was a beatdown. And then we got the returning Bobby Fish, and we got a quick, quick reunion of Red Dragon. But then it ended We're saying, like, yeah. Kyle, respect, uh, uh, you know, Kyle saying, I respect you, Bobby. Thanks for helping me out, but I'm kind of doing my own thing. And Bobby agreed with him, saying, like, I understand that. I just, you know, I had just have some unfinished business. And they kind of just ended with, like, showing respect to one, of, you know, to each other and, is a quick little red rag for you. Yeah, something we haven't seen in a while. Good to see Bobby Fish back, back man. That guy is, God, he is just so brittle. It seems like he's injured more than he's actually yeah. healthy, which is sad. Um, and, and unfortunately, man, you know, when Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are not a team, I just feel like Bobby Fish is the odd man out, unfortunately. You know, I, I just feel like Kyle O'Reilly will be good and he could be a big-time star as a singles guy. I just don't get that from Bobby Fish. And, um... You know, it's sad because I don't know what he's going to do, too. It's funny because every single time you talk about these guys in NXT or in WWE in general, it's just like, well, what is he going to do? Where's his ceiling? Where's he going to go? And it's sad that you always have to worry about that. But it's kind of just like, where do you see Bobby Fish going Like without Kyle O'Reilly? Like, what does he do right. if he's not on the tag team? Not to say he's not a good wrestler, but I don't. I can't see him getting over as a singles guy. So while it was awesome to see those two guys there, obviously Cool Kyle is just going to keep being on his own and being a separate thing. So where does that leave Bobby Fish moving forward? It's funny that you mentioned how, like, when you're not seeing them together, Kyle just feels like the bigger star, right? Which you're absolutely right. But I will say, going back to previous years when they were still in Ring of Honor, listen, while I enjoyed Kyle Riley's matches, I thought his character was God awful boring. Like I was like, listen, I just want to yeah. see this guy wrestle. I don't want to see him on the mic. I don't want to see like a backstage vignette, which we, you know, watching Ring of Honor uh, TV, you barely get that. But at times you would get like backstage interviews and stuff. But like, man, I anytime Kyle got on the mic, I just wanted to shoot myself. I thought he was just horrendous. But Bobby Fish, he was charismatic as hell. And I will say, while Bobby Fish had like a TV run in Ring of Honor and Kyle Riley was in the world title matches and then eventually he did get that world title, to me in Ring of Honor, 
Bobby Fish felt like the bigger star because he was just so charismatic and he just oozed charisma on the mic. It just goes to show you how sometimes NXT does work for some people and it doesn't work for others. Because in NXT, man, you really got to see that character development of Kyle O'Reilly that you didn't see in Ring of Honor. Yeah, that is a really interesting point. Um, yeah, it's kind of like roles are completely flip-flopped now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, it's just... Like I said, that like you said, some people work in NXT and some people don't. And again, this is not even Bobby. It's not even on Bobby no, Fish. No. Uh, it's just, it's. I just feel like too, it has a lot to do with the audience. Like you could see, like Kyle O'Reilly comes out showing some personality, the way he dresses, his style, and everything. It'll be pops, you know, the crowd a little bit, and he comes out with his new theme song and everything. Like immediately, you could tell, like you know, the crowd could be into a guy like him. But they were, they would really have to do a lot of you know, repackaging with Bobby Fish in order to get him over with the crowd. You know, I don't know what that gimmick would be. Because, again, he's just never really been that guy that you look at as a top single star. So, you know, unfortunately, like I said, he's a great talent. Seems like a great guy. I enjoy, you know, him in in the tag team with Kyle O'Reilly all these years. I think he's a phenomenal wrestler. But, unfortunately, it's like you could tell right off the bat, like, who's going to be going places in WWE and who's not. And I think Bobby Fish, unfortunately, is one of those guys that is not really going to go anywhere. And I could say the same thing, too, about um, about Zachary Wentz in uh, MSK. I just feel like Desmond Xavier is going to be the guy that gets over instead of Zach Wentz if they ever potentially break up. It's just kind of unfortunate with, with when that happens with tag teams in WWE. It's like one guy you could see Max getting over and the other guy, it's like, well, I don't really see him going anywhere. I and mean, we've seen that time and time again with Otis and Tucker and, you know, all these different tag teams and all these different guys. Unfortunately, you know, you could already tell where a guy's going to go right off the bat in this company. Unfortunately, when it comes to tag teams, especially in the WWE world, there's always going to be a Sean and there's always going to be a Marty. <laughs> um, yes. real, real quick, on the uh, going back to the whole Kyle and Bobby thing. You mentioned Kyle's new music. I like Kyle's new music, and Adam Cole really got dealt the bad hand because his new music yes. is terrible. But Kyle's music is pretty cool. It's really cool, you know, for cool Kyle. It is. It is. I I like Kyle's. Uh, I mean, at first, I I wasn't too crazy about it. Right. But it's grown on me. But then once I heard Adam Cole's when they had that match takeover, <laughs> I was like, Oh God, what in the world? Is Adam this? Cole yeah, should have I mean, stick. Adam Cole should have stayed with the Undisputed Era music. That was that's perfect for yes. him. That yeah, kind of like what Roman Reigns did. Right. He stuck with the Shield music, and you know the other two got new music. Yeah, I, I dude, uh, that Undisputed Era theme. The fact that they retired it, uh, I mean, right, dude, that was one of the best theme songs in the whole company. Yes, I can't even believe. You know, like I said, I want I want Adam Cole to go up to the main roster really badly at this point. I just I can't believe we're not. We get the Undisputed Era theme on, you know, Raw or SmackDown. Like, for people that don't follow NXT and probably who might not have ever heard it, man, that's just unfortunate because that music was just freaking killer, man. And I love the boom. You know, Adam Cole could have still done his boom. Yes, uh, I know. It. I just, it was so perfect. All you had to do is if you wanted to take away, like, the shock the system, like, intro, whatever, all you just had it to add yeah. was, like, Adam Cole, baby. That's all you had to do. That's impressive. It would have been gold. Pure gold. But you know what? 
This is WWE, and are any of us surprised? I don't. I don't want to go into predictions when it comes to WrestleMania backlash. Like we'll watch it. We'll talk about it next week. But you mentioned yeah. like Bobby Fish, and I guess we forgot to mention this on the AEW. But you know what? We'll connect it to this, and we'll end the show this way. So you mentioned Bobby Fish on how like you know the, there's just a disconnect there or whatever, and also you know when it, especially when it comes to the WWE world, age always plays a factor, and like. Bobby Fish, to me, I compare him to Christopher Daniels when it comes to that age factor because it's like he's on the tail end of his career. So Bobby Fish, sooner rather than later, I feel like he's going to become like more of a like a backstage agent, maybe producer, maybe like a, a coach type of role in the performance center. Mm-hmm. And speaking to Chris, speaking about Christopher Daniels, no more SCU because the Young Bucks beat him, beat SCU, and that's it. That's it for Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. Yeah, that's a really good comparison because, um, yeah, it's like Kyle O'Reilly's the Frankie Kazarian, the guy who has the most upside and more more to offer in the business moving forward uh, as opposed to a guy like Bobby Fish and Chris Daniels who are up there in age. That's a really good comparison. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. That was a really good match between them and the Young Bucks. And, um, you know, it's definitely – a decision to have them break up forever and that be it. But I guess it's fitting that they had their last match against the Young Bucks, uh, obviously a team and uh, two guys that they've been connected with all throughout their career. Obviously, I thought the, the video packages leading up to this match were great. Uh, you know, the road to was really good. The The promos on being the elite were very good between Matt Jackson and, um, and Chris Daniels. And uh, like I said, really great match. And unfortunately, it sucks to not be able to see SCU together anymore. I hope uh, we do get to see Chris Daniels still wrestle. I hope he just doesn't hang it up. Uh, you know, I, I know he's getting old and stuff, but man, he's a legend, and I love Chris Daniels so much. And I wouldn't be opposed to to seeing him every now and then. Maybe like you know, go at it with a young a youngster, right? Right. Like, kind of like what Cody Rhodes does to put somebody over. I don't think he should hang it up. I think he should still go. But obviously, he's probably going to take more of a. Um, an approach uh, like at a job backstage. I know he's, he's like a producer or something like that. Um, so he does a lot of stuff backstage. So he'll still be in the company. But um, it's definitely sad to see because, you know, they were such a great tag team. So many great memories uh, in TNA, his bad influence, and then in Ring of Honor. Um, so definitely, definitely going to miss them. It's a shame. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I think Christopher Daniels, um, you mentioned like we might be officially a part-time role because he is uh, the head of talent relations in AEW. So maybe he's kind of putting his career kind of behind him and then just make like one-offs here and there and just focus on backstage stuff when it comes to AEW. And then Frankie's going to just continue being a single star. And and who knows what happens with Frankie. It, it, it's sad to see them break up. But at the same time, it's like, you know, did we really believe that they were going to get another tag team title run? I don't think yeah, so. Right. But, um... You know, Christopher Daniels, he had a great career. You know, he he made an impact, no pun, in all these different promotions except WWE. Yeah, yeah, and he had a great career. He'll go down as one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. He, was, he literally is that good. But like you said, I think it was the right time to do this. And um, as long as Frankie Kazarian doesn't find a new tag team partner like Scorpio Sky did, and we're okay. Somehow, some way, we get the reunion of Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian somewhere down the line, which we probably will, because we never really got why they even broke up to begin with. But nonetheless, yeah. um, you know, I wish Christopher Daniels and Frankie the best of luck. Uh, dude, that's about it, man. We're, we're about to wrap up. There's a lot of wrestling happening uh, this weekend. You know, uh, if you're listening to this on a Sunday, depending when this drops, you know, WrestleMania Backlash is happening tonight if you're listening to this on a Sunday. If you're listening late on Saturday night, that means that 
GCW, the Las Vegas show just happened. I think it's called Draft Day. You could get that on the Fight TV app. And then Impact Plus under Siege, which there's some great matches happening there too tonight. Um, you could get that on Impact Plus and Fight TV as well. A lot of wrestling happening this weekend. And yeah, uh, it's uh, still, you know, while I, you know, when I was doing the notes for this uh, show, I was like, man, there's not really much that, that happened this week, but we still did two hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, we always, honestly, me and you, I, I could probably sit here and talk to you like I, we could probably talk for the rest of the day into the later <laughs> night just about things, you know. Because like you said, there's so much to get into. Like you know, every week. That's why I love it. You know, even when you think you don't got a lot to talk about, we turn it into a two-hour show no matter what. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I fucking love it. Um, Ryan, give me your plugs, man. All right, man. Follow on Twitter at the Lucha Outsiders. I'm a straight shooter on there. You don't want to miss it. Always uh, shooting on some peckerheads, and uh, you know, come and. Respond to the tweets and let's let's engage on there, man. I love it. It's it's fun stuff. Um, follow Royal. Oh, hold on, I gotta get this right. Royal, <laughs> Royal underscore Ramble underscore Wrestling. W R A S S L I N. Brian's trying to basically rebuild his uh, fan base here. It's terrible, so unfortunate. Uh, we mentioned it last week, Ugh. but he's trying to rebuild it. Please go follow and support because. Uh, you know, let's get him back to, to where he yes, was. I know it's going to yes, take a while, but yes. but uh, definitely do that. Wrestling Radar on YouTube for you know some content on there, mm-hmm. and uh, you can follow the Wrestling Radar on Instagram and Twitter. And then, of course, always got to mention if you want to follow my personal account, don't give a shit whether you do or not at Ryan underscore Martirano. And that. All right, a couple of announcements. So, if you guys watched our Facebook Live last week during the show, we did say that we were going to do another Facebook Live and we had some announcements and things coming up. So the announcement is that we have a studio. Um, It's in the process. It's getting built as we speak. This is all Leo's mastermind. It's all his idea. You know, Leo has built a brand, Los Radio, which is podcasting, music, so much other stuff. And Lucha Outsiders, we're... Kind of like the, the founding fathers of Los Radio when it started. And very excited. We're excited for Ryan to come down to Jersey when the studio's built so we could start recording content and, you know, take professional pictures as a unit. Um, a lot of great stuff is happening, um, you know, so stay tuned for that. Ryan, did you get to see the video? Dude, I did, and it looks incredible. I can't wait to go there. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait for it to all be done. I know Leo is going to do a tremendous job with getting everything done. I know he's working hard to get it done sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. But, man, there's so much room there. The views look great outside. Uh, it just looks like a crazy, crazy place uh, that we're going to be recording. And, listen, man, Lucha Outside, you love to see it. Yeah, dude, we're, we're definitely excited. There's so much potential, whether it's, like, viewing parties or, you know, some live podcasting. There's a lot of stuff that Leo and I have ideas from. And so stay tuned for that. Also, you guys wanted them. And you shall receive them right now as you're listening to this podcast because there's no Facebook Live. So you're, you have to listen to this podcast to get this or just follow, follow us at all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Right now, the link to get the Lucha Outsiders show snapbacks is live right now. It's a pre-order. It's limited. They're gone. They're gone unless... There's high demand for us to get some more. They're getting made right now. So if you want to purchase the Lucha Outsiders Show Snapback, click on our links on the Instagram. There's a link tree right there. You'll see Lucha Outsiders hat. 
You click on that, you can purchase a Lucha Outsider Show snapback. You guys wanted them, and you're getting them. Um, there's no shipping at all. And, um, yeah, dude, we're very excited on, on getting these hats out there. Oh, man, everybody should be excited to go grab one. Uh, if you watched or listened to the show last week, me, Mario, and Leo were all wearing them. Tremendous, tremendous quality uh, hat. Trust me, you're not going to be disappointed. You'll look fresh to death out there. Rep the Lucha Outsiders because when people go, "Wow, what's the Lucha Outsiders?" <laughs> you know, that's that's the way to uh, you know grab more viewers out there. So definitely support. Uh, you won't be disappointed with the quality hat, I guarantee. And you'll look fresh in the process. And you know, it's a black hat, so it matches well with all your black wrestling shirts because. Let's be honest, wrestling fans have nothing to You have no excuse not to rock it and not to be able to match it. So with, with whatever you're wearing. So go grab one, definitely. Yeah, dude. Um, We're excited to finally get these hats out there. You know, it has been making the rounds last week. You know, our friends um, from Chicago, the rest friends already in a teddy. Also our boy, uh, Dream, Mr. Dream, Dream Match Wrestling. They've been rocking their hats and we've been rocking our hats too last week on the show. People want them, bro. So, you know, we're, we're putting them out there. So if you want a hat, you know, check out the link that we have in our link tree or whatever. Um, I'll share the link with Ryan. He'll put it on Twitter. And, yeah, get yourself a hat because when they're gone, they're going to be gone. Unless there's a high demand for them to uh, – people want them again. Then we'll discuss on potentially making some more. But when they're gone, they're gone. And this is a pre-order. So if you do buy one, it's going to take some time to get it shipped uh, to you guys. But we'll ship them. Trust me. You're, you're – your money's going to be in good hands, and you will receive your snap back. Yes, and definitely get them because you are not going to want to miss out on them. Trust me. All right, that's it, guys. Thank you for enjoying this uh, interesting, different, but great episode of Lucha Outsider Show. For the old man Leo that's not here, for our double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep it Rated R, and stay too sweet. Goodbye. And good. Night, bang!